What's up, goons? This is Notes of a Goon, episode 107. We're doing it big. I'm your host, Chris from Brooklyn, joined, as always, by my stalwart producer, Michael Harrington. How are you, Mike? Feeling stalwart as ever, Chris. Are you? I mean... Are you sure? I felt more rested. What do you mean? I felt more... Uh, energized and full of spirit, but stalwart? No, I'm as stalwart as ever. I, you, you know, you seem to be giving me a little attitude. I, I don't understand what's what's the problem. I, mean, I know we had I... a bit of a tense episode last week. I know Why would I little, give you attitude? I know it was a little weird <laughs> last week, but yeah, I mean, there was a misunderstanding. Yeah, for you, for me, uh huh. It's a rough week, and and you're mad at me for that? Well. I know that I, I came in here, things mm-hmm. were going pretty good in my life, mm-hmm. and then... Uh, I mean, look, you got a spiffy new shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a button-down shirt. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's Hawaiian-themed. I mean, it's definitely like flowers and mushrooms-themed, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like you're living it up. Okay. It's one way of uh, it's one way of breaking things down, I guess. You know, it is not a great way to start the show. I. You started it this way, not what, me. What do you mean? You're coming in a little hot. It's a little tense in here. I'm feeling stalwart as ever, Chris. Ready for a good show. Woo-hoo! All right. I mean, you seem like maybe... Uh, what? Like I haven't been sleeping very well this week? Know. It's probably because you've finally actually quit vaping. I just... <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> look. Look. It's it just the Chris Faga method on <laughs> quitting things has worked. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just... you If you need help... With your life, you can email askthegoon at gmail.com, and uh, I can give you help the same way I help Mike. You are, you know, you help like a fucking hole in the head, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you haven't heard last week's episode, maybe you should go check it out and see what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know what you're not doing with that hole in your head? Vaping? <laughs> nope, nope, vape free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for you. That's good for you. <sighs> I mean, that's one way of looking at things, for sure. I mean, we could do some drugs after this. Would that make you feel better? Nope. No, because you know what drugs are going to make me want to do? More drugs? Vape. Mmm. What if you did so many drugs that you died? Uh, Then I wouldn't... I would be the sweet relief of death. And I wouldn't feel like I wanted anything anymore. I would actually get some sleep. Mmm. Hmm. Well, I want everybody to come out and see me in Zacamico, <laughs> Rochester, this Saturday, August 27th. Andy Malafarina will be with us. We are co-headlining at Comedy at the Carlson. It's going to be a great time. Uh, you can go to my Twitter or Instagram at Chris from BKLYN for tickets. Um, anything you got to plug, Mike? Just, uh... The, the, uh you can check out Stick It Portly after Legion of Skanks on GasDigitalNetwork.com. I'm so mad I can't put a sentence together. <laughs> What do you mean? Mm, rough week. Rough, rough week. You were talking all, we were just having, we just had a nice dinner together and you were talking fine. Mm-hmm. Come see a show at Brooklyn Comedy Club. Mm. Any other comedy clubs you know of that popped up in Brooklyn, maybe go check those out too. I'll be at a doped up comedy club in Greenpoint on Friday, aka The Duck. You're calling it The Duck? It's The Duck. <laughs> Dilly's Duck? Dilly's Duck. It's a duck. <laughs> D-U-C-C, the duck. Come out to the duck on Friday night. 
If you're not trying to make the pilgrimage to Rochester, you know, get a garbage plate. Come out to the duck. We're ducking down. Mm-hmm. Getting ducked and dirty. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ducky duck, duck, duck. Is there any more old business we have to discuss at the top of the show? No, let's definitely not rehash any old business. I'm just, this is the let's segment. Definitely not rehash any old business. Well, I mean, it could be from weeks ago. I don't know. I mean, this is the segment. Oh, weeks ago when I was happy? You were happy an hour ago. You were just eating chicken over rice and you seemed pleasant and it was white sauce on it. Mm-hmm. You want a drink? Getting there. <laughs> you know, you know, no, I wouldn't. You know why? Because that's going to make me want to vape. Mm. Vaping so, didn't even exist when you were still drinking. I know. I'll just go back to regular cigarettes. I don't think so. I mean, you look so cool. Do you Honestly, know that cigarettes are getting popular with teenagers again because vaping's kind of gay? Wait, what? Yeah. Like, look it up. Cigarettes have got like have got, in the last like two years. Cigarettes have gone back up in popularity because they're so cool. We should both just start smoking. You know, I never really smoke cigarettes, but I think maybe I should start. You know what? You make a... Oh, yeah. Cigarette sales rose for the uh, last year. It's their first increase in 20 years. This article was from uh, 2020. Yeah. And I think it's steadily gone continuously up. Because you know what you need to do during a pandemic? Smoke. Cigar sales are definitely up. That's just based on you being a person who smoked a bunch of... I just notice people smoking cigars more often. (laughs) Bobby, you notice people smoking cigars all the time. No, but that's different. That's like uh, that's like when you get a new car and then you see everybody driving the, the same car. Right, like that's it. Once you became a cigar smoker, you are now mm. noticing all the other cigar smokers out there. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Lev Fur was just chilling outside of the stand at at you know 17 years old smoking cigars way before you were smoking cigars. I've been smoking cigars since I was 17 years old. You know what I mean, though. I'm not standing outside comedy clubs smoking cigars like a fucking hand job. Well, yeah. And thank God for that. I'm yeah. just saying. Anybody who's standing outside, if you're under the age of 45 and you're outside of a comedy club smoking a fucking cigar, just fucking rope up. Yeah? Under the age of 45? Me- rope up meaning like tie off and inject heroin like no. a real man or just yank just it. End it? Yank it. All right. That's crazy. You should be a fucking 48-year-old man if you're smoking cigars in front of a, any place. There's no need to be throwing Aaron Berger under the bus like that. He's older than that. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. The steroids keep him looking young. Uh, he looks like Puck enough. from Alpha Flight. <laughs> All right. Over my head. All right. What the fuck? What is Alpha Flight? I mean, not over anybody's head, really. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right. That's uncalled for. Wait, is Puck the big guy in Alpha Flight? No, it's the little guy. Oh. Wait. The big guy is Sasquatch. Oh, he's the one with the big old P on him. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. actually P is... for Puck. Yeah. See, because they're a Canadian team, so they had to have and a he... character named after a hockey puck. He is Canadian. Yeah. That actually is Aaron Burke. Yeah, looks like, a lot like him. If and when they make the Alpha, Alpha Flight, Flight movie. Because they're gonna. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine they won't. If they make Guardians of the Galaxy, they're gonna make Alpha Flight. I can't believe they haven't already. If they don't cast Aaron Burke as Puck. We should burn down all of Disney. I mean, look. How far down the you know, rabbit hole... They've been is, saying there's not enough Jews in Hollywood. How far down the rabbit hole is Marvel Studios going to go mm-hmm. before they finally start tapping into gas digital talent? I mean... They've got Kamaru Usman in the new Black Panther. They yeah. don't have room for 
Yeah, I mean, that could have easily been Godfrey. Uh, easily. He could do any voice. By the way. It's crazy. <laughs> this actually is true. <laughs> I just want to point this out, because this is this goes back to when I was producing Godfrey Show, uh-huh. and I feel like you're the only person I can actually... Did you see the new Coming to America? No, I have not. The sequel? Was he good in it? He wasn't in it. That seems crazy to me. Right, and he was offended that he wasn't in it. He's Nigerian. Right. He I would be... A, yeah, he's a pretty famous Nigerian actor as far as Nigerian actors, Nigerian comedic actors. Okay. Here's the reason I genuinely believe why they, he wasn't cast. They were holding out for Stylebender? <laughs> no, because, I mean, they, if they couldn't get Kamaru Usman, they weren't going to get Godfrey. But okay. the, the, the reason I do believe that he wasn't cast in it mm-hmm. is because the only part that would have made sense for him mm-hmm. to play in that movie would have been Wesley Snipes' second in command. He could have been good in the Ars- I feel like he could be good in the Arsenio Hall role as well, though. But yeah, no, but Arsenio those, 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 was doing that. Yeah, role. those roles are cast. Yeah, so I mean, you don't the, have an extra role for the, the like a very funny Nigerian guy. So in the sequel, mm-hmm. right? Like this was where he would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Was like Wesley Snipes was like a military dictator mm-hmm. who was coming to like take over James Earl Jones and Eddie Murphy's kingdom, mm-hmm. right? Um. The only guy who who would like it would have made sense for Godfrey to play would have been the second in command, but that guy gets his ass kicked by like an eight year old girl in the movie, and it's like there's no way Godfrey is signing up to play in a movie where he gets beaten up by an eight year old girl. Why not? Because you could beat an eight year old girl could beat me up in a movie if Eddie Murphy's in the movie. No, what? That's how, dude. Did you not watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did. Okay. You know, once you get cast as the guy who shows up and loses fights on CBS... It's not pro wrestling. You're now, you're now a jobber. That, I don't think that's how that works. It's 100% how that works. Dude. Brad, Pitt, Brad Pitt was just the hot, the stoned guy on the couch in fucking True Romance. He didn't even have lines. Okay. And everybody remembers that Brad Pitt's in that movie. He's still the star of Bullet Train, despite wearing a skirt to the fucking premiere. Did you see that? Yes. We talked about it on the show last week. I don't did think we, we did. Oh. Pull up a picture of it. Okay. He said that he wore a skirt to the premiere of Bullet Train because the world is ending and who gives a shit? God bless him. I don't... Here's the, here's the problem I have with Brad Pitt wearing a skirt. He looks like a frumpy housefrau in that skirt. <laughs> a Show frow? a little fucking leg. Put on a pencil skirt, Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, dog. That's- Make my fucking dick hard and uncomfortable. You're Brad fucking Pitt. What is this fucking... Wear a dress. He's standing next to a chick in pants. And he's wearing a skirt. I mean, look, chicks can wear pants. None of this makes any sense. Men can wear skirts. I will say this, though. Uh Uh-huh. That's honestly more of a kilt than it is a skirt. It looks like they made Roddy Piper gay. (laughs) Right? Instead of they live, it's, hey, live. Because he's calling his female friend live. Mm-hmm. I get it. Checks out. I'm furious about it. Why? I'm, I'm not actually. I don't care. <laughs> I care about none of the non-binary things. What are you doing? I was just checking to make sure that this is streaming and forgot that we were uh, that this doing was a, that. We're actively doing a show. No, I forgot that this was up. Uh, I knew we were actively doing a show. I was listening to what you were saying. Okay. Something about Bullet Train, I think. Yeah, Bullet Train. <laughs> looks, looks like a great movie. <laughs> so this is all of our old business. We've concluded our old business. Moving on. No, fuck. 
I hope you have uh, the racehorse in there somewhere. We're gonna the racehorse is in here, but I don't know why it's not playing. Hold on. Okay. What? Oh. Okay. Well, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. This is not on me. I don't know why this would be this way. How? How? What? What? How, what way is it? The computer was muted. Why was the computer muted? It's, I don't know. I've never seen that before. Mm. Somebody must have did it before they left. Just hit the mute button. I didn't see it before we started. That's on me. Mm-hmm. But, All you right. know, you would never expect the, the button to be muted. That's crazy. All right. Moving on. Mike, you showed me a post-fight interview, which is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I didn't quite understand it. And if you think uh, Brad Pitt wearing a skirt at the premiere of Bullet Train is weird, the outfit on this fighter is even weirder. I can't believe they let him wear it in the octagon, I'll be honest with you. He's wearing a spiked collar of sorts. Pretty sure that was just for for the post-fight. Do you know what this guy's name is at all? Uh, Yeah, it's uh, Buchanan. That's his last name. Hold oh, on. I, I thought he just this. had one name and it was Buchanan. <laughs> Dude, that'd be sick. Dude, if his if it was just Buchanan, uh, it is Joel <clears throat> King Bao Bauman. What? Yeah, it's not Buchanan. It's Bauman. Okay, Joel King Bao yeah. Bauman. Yeah, this guy. Oh. He's the number 32 uh, uh, ranked uh, light heavyweight on the regional scene. Number two in all of Texas, number two in all of Oklahoma. Oh, look yeah. at that. For, and he is contracted with the UFC? He was fighting on, uh, I believe his last bout was on LFA. Okay. Um, What's LFA? Uh, Legacy Fighting Alliance. Mm. Oh, no, his last fight, sorry, was at Fury FC, which is the Fury Fighting Championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past, he The has, FFC. The FFC, yeah. Uh, he has fought for uh, Game Bread Championship. Uh, Game Bread Championship. Yeah, that's GBC. A, GBC. Yeah, that's okay. uh, or GBFC. Game Bread Fighting Championship. Oh, uh, that's uh, Jorge Masvidal's promotion. Uh, he also had a one fight stint in Bellator. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he win? No, he lost. But he won this fight. He did win this fight against Anthony Ivy. Um, yeah, he was the main event of it too. So, All right, let's take a look at this post fight interview. Pretty bizarre shit. Yeah. It's, uh, Put a link to this in the show notes so people want to watch it. They can watch it. Yeah. All right. Do you want the whole thing, including the talk of his NFT? Yes. Okay. I'm I'm mostly curious about his NFT because Pudgy Penguins is through the roof right now. <laughs> Do you know about Pudgy Penguins? No. First of all, they say, it sounds adorable. Second of all, they're selling like fucking hotcakes right now. So if he's got these Pudgy Penguins, he's banking up. <laughs> he doesn't even need to wear this so spike collar. doubting my NFT. You're looking at the guy. That's the reason that college athletes and high school athletes are getting paid today. Mr. Influencer to Influencers. Pauses. Is that true? Okay, here's what I know. Some college and high school players are getting paid. I don't know if it has anything to do with his NFT. (laughs) You don't think it's... I mean, it must be the Pudgy Penguins, dude. They're making bank right now. Make them bank dude, on Pudgy it ha- Penguins. Dude, it's, tra- it's, it's one of the top trends on Twitter right now. It's hashtag Pudgy Penguins. They're stacking Eskimo pies. Yeah. Dude, NFTFC? <laughs> NFTFC? Yeah, yeah NFTFC. It's going to be the new, uh, your NFTs fight while you fight, and then everybody, it's like Pogs. Whoever wins gets all the NFTs. So is it like... But you have to fist fight to the death. So are you fighting, and then your NFT mirrors your movements? Yeah, but it's also NFTFC where it's NFT fried chicken. Where it's it's 
It's like regular fried chicken, except it's just a JPEG, and you look at it and don't eat fried chicken, so you stop being a fat fuck. So it's not like you can't just go there and get a thing of chicken and no. then scan a QR code. No, that's fucking stupid. And you got an NFT. No, that's fucking stupid. Really? No, NFTs of fried chicken. You can't. You can't then exchange the NFTs for more fried no, chicken. No, that's fucking stupid. Make it like a loyalty program. That, that NFT. would be. That would be fungible. You fucking idiot. What do you mean? I think that's what fungible means. Well, how? What, what makes an NFT non-fungible? Not being able to exchange it for chicken. What? Yeah. You can exchange NFTs for money. That yeah. makes them fungible. Mm. And you can take that money and buy fried chicken. Yeah, but there's a step. Maybe. Jesus, Mike. You don't understand science. <laughs> it's a science thing, not an economics thing. Yeah, dude. Fucking just let's watch the rest of this. This is crazy. Jimmy Kimmel, viral this. I fight to eradicate childhood malnutrition from the planet. And until they release the flight logs, you... The mainstream media, Hollywood. Hold on, wait a second. To me. He's probably using fried chicken to eradicate child hunger from the planet. No, 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 no. He didn't say child hunger. He said child malnutrition. There's a lot of calories in fried chicken. It's pretty good for you, mostly. What? If you're starving to death, fried chicken is probably the best thing. Yeah, you can but eat. if you're only living off fried chicken, you're probably malnourished. A little, but you know you can get green beans on the side. NFTFC. This is fucking perfect. Eat dick. <laughs> He's a pedophile who eats dick. Got it. Am I canceled yet.com? So, am I canceled yet.com is a website that just sells merch that says, Am I canceled yet on it? I mean, honestly, it should be selling his NFTs. Yeah, I, the fact that I couldn't buy an NFT there <laughs> was infuriating. I went to that website right before the show and I couldn't buy an NFT. It's fucking crazy talk. Are you sure you can't buy NFTs on here? Where do you see an NFT? I mean, is it had an NFT now? I don't know. We should get some Am I Cancelled Yet gear. Amicanceled.com you can get for $3,000. <laughs> Am I Cancelled Yet.com with two L's instead of one. The wrong spelling you can get for uh, like uh, several thousand dollars as well. Okay, this this part just says you get five dollars. Oh. Five dollars is like an NFT. How is five dollars like an NFT? It's non fungible, dude. <laughs> How is it non fungible? Dude, you can't funge five dollars. <laughs> what? Have you ever funged five dollars? Yeah. Exactly, Mike. Yeah, if I was going to get some, some peanut butter M and M's, I would hand the five dollar note. That's not even what fungible means, Mike. What, what does it mean? What are you talking about? What does it what mean? Nobody knows. That's one of the mysteries <laughs> of life. Nobody really knows what fungible means. <laughs> so how do I know I'm non-fungible? You're definitely fungible. <gasps> what? You're fungible as fuck, dude. You got, you got three buttons open on that shirt. If anybody's fungible around here, it's you. And Showing got, them titties off. I got mushrooms on it, so you know I'm a fun guy. Bobby Hutch hates that he laughed at that one. (laughs) (sighs) 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 Moving on. (sighs) 
All right, we got to talk about some other stuff. We've got to actually talk about things on this show today. All right, we've got things that we've got to talk about. Brittany Griner, we've talked about it. We're big WNBA fans around here, Mike. Mm-hmm. How is the Goon Squad doing? Okay. Is the season still happening? <laughs> the season is still happening. Oh, fucking crazy. Pretty sure it's the playoffs. All right. Are they, uh, is our team in it? They must be, right? Because I, I haven't heard anything about it. <laughs> so I only know that it might be the WNBA playoffs. Uh, via <laughs> I a- only know that it might be the playoffs yeah, via, to this bit that I demanded we do on the show. Via a TikTok meme okay. uh, that said that... Uh, <laughs> You spend the entire day reading sports stats. <laughs> that WNBA players, it was like a chick standing in line at mm-hmm. like a commercial airline, and she's like, you're in the WNBA, but you also got to uh, fly commercial. Mm. Okay, so we're the three seed. The three seed of Connecticut Sun will also have to hit the road. Okay. <laughs> but they get to fly first class, right? Dallas Wings extend their series and will host the Sun on, on Wednesday. The Dallas Wings? Yes. That's the name of the team, the that's, Dallas Wings? That's the name. Are they sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings? No, they're sponsored by MaxiPad. So they got the wings. Oh, really? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Wait, you really thought? I don't know. There's a team <laughs> called the Red Bulls, sponsored by Red Bull in that's the in MLS. Soccer. Yeah, I know. It's not even the MLS anymore, is it? Is it still the MLS? I don't know. That might be a disease. They used to be the Metro Stars. That was pretty dope. Hmm. Then they were the Red Bulls. Then they were the Red Bulls. Now there's New York FC, so nobody cares about the Red Bulls anymore. They play out in Jersey. Mm. Um, well, all right. Let's see here. The yeah, the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Um, Las Vegas Aces, twenty six and ten. Mm-hmm. They uh, they're the, they're the number one seed. So we're in the number three seed. We got a good chance then. Yeah. All right. All right. We're in the playoffs, baby. You know who's not in the playoffs? Brittany Griner. Why? What happened? She's in prison. No. Nine years she got. What? Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. What did she do? Apparently had a weed vape pen in Russia. And then there was a whole <laughs> kerfuffle in Ukraine. <laughs> do you see? By the way, did you see Trump's reaction to this? No. What did she say? Trump goes, she was loaded up on drugs. Loaded up on him. Did he? <laughs> Totally sold her out. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> was like, yeah. Like, he's had Rush's back for a minute. So, of course, he was going to talk that shit. I mean, I guess. It's just... it's They're just holding her hostage in jail so the U.S. stops supporting Ukraine. And it's like, you can't really justify pulling all of our aid to Ukraine... For one lady who may or may not have been good at basketball. I mean, she did dunk. Oh, she could dunk? Like, what are we doing? Get her out of there. Probably not anymore, but at one point, she could dunk. Dude, no girls could dunk. We we should go to war with Russia. This is crazy. (laughs) I don't care anything about Ukraine. A girl who can dunk? Bro, we said, like, yo, we'll give you back a fucking... Like, we'll give you a straight-up arms deal. We'll give you the they Lord like, of War. Bro, let me tell you, we need uh, a, a woman who dunk. This is crazy. It's like bird who drink water. You see the plastic bird? You, you, you drink water? It's more valuable than this. A woman who dunk is rare. <laughs> more valuable than the plastic bird? It's like bird? a penguin who fly. You never see a woman who dunk. This is crazy. <laughs> this is a very valuable piece. I can't just give you this. It's not diamond. It's crazy. 
The um Oh, this is fucked up. The WNBA playoffs is only uh it's best two out of three. That seems about all they can really handle. <laughs> so <laughs> uh our girl and it's only rock paper scissors they don't even actually play basketball in the playoffs and then they just have the finals mm-hmm. our girl jonquil jones the junkyard dog the junkyard dog she put up 20 and 9 Ooh, that's pretty good yeah solid for the game too but yeah it's do or die uh wednesday wednesday do or die game mm. depends on you know i gotta win to continue the season mm. okay all right we're in it we're in it to win it but here's the thing about Brittany griner you know, she's got some fucking help coming to her in the form of one Dennis Rodman. Really? Yeah, Dennis Rodman is going. The worm. You're talking about the master of diplomacy in North Korea? Yeah, dude, the dude who fixed North Korea. He was like, that man don't want no war. <laughs> that guy. The guy who figured it out. He went over there and was like, that man don't want no war. You think he's going to say the same thing about Putin who's actively at war? So apparently the State Department, I think this, it was the State Department that said that he can go over there and negotiate the release of Brittany Griner. Wait, for real? The Dude, State Department is, said he can do I this. I think so. Can you look it up? He said he was approved to do this. I don't know by who. Could be the National Dodgeball Association. Could just be the NWO told him he can go over there. <laughs> Dude, imagine Hollywood Hulk Hogan with his feather boa, still pretending like he's president. Mm-hmm. Giving Dennis Rodman clearance to go negotiate on behalf of the United States of America. Yeah, it can happen. Anything could happen, Mike. Do you think he just gets a like he gets a crazy pass? Oh, he just gets he just gets to be crazy. Like he just gets to go to well, Russia. They and love basketball in Russia. Him. Yeah. Well, it's also kind of like it's a no harm, no foul if they just kill Ooh. him. Who cares? Ooh, okay. We got an issue. Okay. Uh, the White House reportedly doesn't approve of Dennis Rodman's plan to rescue What? Yeah. Yeah, the White House. Why is, is the White House so racist? I, I agree. Uh, they don't trust a black man to save a black woman? Oh, Joe. I guess Joe Biden has a white savior complex. Yep. He's got to be the guy. Um... I I got permission to go to Russia to help that girl. Oh yeah, he, he told NBC yeah. News. Yeah, okay. At a restaurant in DC. So apparently, I just completely made this entire thing up. <laughs> yeah, much like Dennis Rodman just made it. Up. I just took, you know, I, I just took him at his word. He's a former world champion. He uh, solved the problem in North Korea. Notice we haven't had any problems with North Korea lately. When's the last time you heard about North Korea? Not a one. Been a while. Ever since Rodman went over there, things have been fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodman, who is in Tower's Sneaker Convention, has been involved in informal diplomacy with international leaders who have strained relationships with the U.S. government. <clears throat> it is arguable that the 62-year-old is most known for following his Hall of Fame NBA career with... What? It's most... It's arguable... Uh, it's arguably what the 62-year-old is most known for following oh. his Hall of Fame NBA career. Okay. Developed a relationship with Kim Jong-un. All right, so he's not going to Russia. Or is he just going to Russia to see what happens? I think so. I mean, he's pretty fucking great. Like, I love that he just... It's like him and Steven Seagal are just, like, injecting themselves into world affairs, and I wish I had that kind of fame and power. Like, I really wish I could just show up and go, yeah, I'm just going to go take care of this. Dude, all right, check this out. 
I think Dennis Rod. I thank Dennis Rodman for being a catalyst for my release. Uh, Kenneth Bay, an American missionary who was held captive in North Korea. Uh, oh yeah, he, he did help that. Brought I brought attention that. to my plight. Yeah. Uh, Rodman was has also called Russian President Vladimir Putin. Oh, cool. so they have friends already. Yeah, he went on Putin's request. <sighs> I know I mean, Putin too well. There's currently a travel advisory of do not travel to Russia, set by the U.S. government of American citizens. Which is kind of bullshit. I mean, where are we supposed to do our sex tourism if you're in the mood for a little white? You know what I mean? Ukraine's all blown up. Where are we supposed to go? Where are sex tourists supposed to go? They, look, the industry was hurt very badly by COVID and now monkeypox. Like, nobody's going to Thailand for sex tourism right now because of the gay stuff. Mm. We have to be able to go to Russia for sex tourism. Mm. The industry needs to thrive. True. Otherwise, they're just going to start trafficking them here. And tra human trafficking is bad, I hear. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there is a chance uh, that they are going to make her... Uh, play basketball in prison much like the movie the longest yard i mean <laughs> dude if he plays like the burt reynolds role and he's coaching so about burt reynolds from the adam sandler version yes okay well yeah burt reynolds was the main character in the original version of that movie right mm -hmm. but yeah the longest yard with britney griner in fucking russian prison with dennis rodman as her coach i mean come on oh this is fucking netflix will pick that up this is horseshit. What? He's already backing out. What? Yep. U.S. discourages Rodman from going to Russia to help Griner. He clarifies that he's not going. All right. Here's the thing. Here's what we're doing right now. We're starting the Dennis Rodman's a fucking pussy campaign. <laughs> what, do you listen to presidents now, Dennis Rodman? You're the fucking worm, dude. Remember when you fucked Madonna and then you played dodgeball? You were in the NWO, bro. Yeah, remember when you left the uh, Chicago Bulls in the middle of the NBA Finals? Got fucked up in Vegas, dude? And then They don't out. want you to do that? Yeah, then went out and fucking body slammed Diamond dude. Dallas Page? Yeah, dude, I'll tell you this right now. At that point in history, Michael Jordan was more the president than George Bush. That's the Bush years, right? Uh, Checks out. I mean, for the first three people. Bill Clinton for the second one. But that oh. was the first three-peat. No, it was the second three-peat. Look, all I know is in the summer that Clinton was dealing, like, yeah, I he mean, was impeached. He was impeached. Uh -huh. He was not, you know, booted from office, but he was successfully impeached. Uh -huh. That summer, Michael Jordan, 100%. Yeah, he was way more the president. Yeah. I mean, Michael Jordan might have been way more the president than any president. <laughs> You're saying he was more the president than Barack. I mean, not when Barack was president, but he was more the president under Clinton and Barack was the president when Barack was president, is all I'm saying. Michael Jordan was significantly more the president than the sitting president whenever he was the most famous person in the world. Let's also process that Barrio came from Chicago. He definitely would have... He was influenced. Dude, he would admit Michael Jordan was the president, yeah. even while he was president. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan might still be the president, for all I know. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm telling you right now. You so know if Michael would... Jordan says Dennis Rodman could go to fucking Russia, <laughs> I think that's where it goes. I think that's where he got the clearance in the first place. And by his mustache choices, we know <laughs> that he likes to fucking associate with strongmen. You know that? That's definitely what happened. Michael Jordan just called Dennis Rodman and was like, yo, Dennis, I bet you won't go to Russia and get this big bitch back. Yo, dog, dog, <laughs> go get that tall, goofy bitch you think she could dunk. 
I bet you won't. Bet oh. you won't. Oh. oh, oh, the worm. I'll bet you $50,000 you can't go to Russia right now. <laughs> Knowing full well, Dennis Rodman doesn't read the news. <laughs> Dude, that's still my favorite Michael Jordan story. I've talked about it before. but Wait, like, what? Do you know that, that Michael Jordan used to... Do you know about the M&M stuff? Charles yeah, Barkley yeah, outed him yeah, on yeah. it. If anybody who doesn't know... I've, I've said it on the show, but if anybody who doesn't know, Charles Barkley once outed Michael Jordan <laughs> saying that he used to um, rig the foam M&M races at uh, 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 Bulls games. And he would... <laughs> He would bribe the M&Ms to tell him who was going to win the M&Ms race and then bid Scottie Pippen $50,000 <laughs> on that very race. I, he must just be – he's like – he called Joe Biden and was like, hey – Joe." they come in and like, hey, Joe, uh, Michael Jordan wants to talk to you? And he's just like – Joe Biden still thinks it's 1993. <laughs> so he's like the most famous person – the president wants to talk to me? I'll talk to Michael Jordan. He's the president for fuck's sake. <laughs> So Joe's talking. He's, like, he's like, "Hey, look, Joe, look, I, you got this whole thing going on with Russia, Ukraine. Dennis Rodman's gonna try to go over there. Maybe was he? He thought he's big swinging dick over there in North Korea with all those small Asian guys. <laughs> he's trying to fucking sling his dick around Russia. I just need you to tell him to go fuck himself. And that's just that's clearly how it went. And he bet he bet Rodman fifty grand, got him all fucking hyped up, called Joe Biden, put the kibosh on it. Jordan, diabolical, this Michael Jordan." Yeah. Jordan is, you know what? I if you still won't bring his dad back, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. If you were to tell me that Michael Jordan mm-hmm. was kind of, sort of low key behind Russia and Ukraine fighting in the first place, mm-hmm. I wouldn't not believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If there was a way for Michael Jordan to profit off of Russia invading oh, sure. the Donbass, yeah, 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 then yeah, I mean, he would just be like, "Yeah, Russian soldiers buy sneakers too, bro." <laughs> <laughs> Solid. Yeah, they got fucking dude. They got they get war pay now, so they can afford Jordans. Yo, do you see the fucking uh, speaking of Russia? You see the the new Starbucks alternative they put up. No, we'll probably need some Ukrainian national music for this because you know we support Ukraine, not Russia, on this show. So anytime we talk about Russia, we should have the Ukrainian national anthem playing. Okay, well, let me. We talked about the McDonald's alternative that they pulled up, which was just McDonald's. I mean, I'm gonna show you. I got like a whole video on like all the shit on the Starbucks stuff. Yeah, on all of it. Yeah. Uh, hold on, I gotta pull up the Ukrainian national anthem first because you gotta fucking okay. Some good traditional Ukrainian yes, music. Of course. This is this is the uh, they play this at all the villages in Ukraine during like weddings and like the harvest festival. Uh-huh. It's very traditional. You can turn it down a little, but just put it in the background. You know. Okay. I just want to feel. I want to feel like we're supporting Ukraine. Yeah. Like we're in the the streets of Kiev right yeah. now. Yeah. Kiev. Whatever. <clears throat> all right. So here's the thing. Okay. I love <laughs> Stars Coffee. Oh, yeah. good. It's Stars Coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's a no. It's a movie, and it's Stars Coffee. <laughs> now starring Coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like they're literally just they're just jacking everything. Hmm. H and M. Coca Cola. So here's the thing: is like they're probably just reopening all these stores, and then what happens when they run out of the inventory? Oh, Loco Cola. Good. Good. 
Funky Monkey Cola. Cool Cola. I mean, that's clearly Pepsi. Yeah. Why does every store in Russia look like duty free? That's hilarious. <laughs> that is very funny, Mike. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Dude, pause this. Isn't it kind of like. It's this funny thing, like, you know, like during the Cold War. During the Cold War. You can keep. Actually, just keep playing this. But uh, during the Cold War. They would they built these fake supermarkets because they were worried that the supermarket was gonna like when they when Russians found out about the supermarket they would um, care more about capitalism like when they found out about that supermarkets existed so like they built Russia built like a fake supermarket at one point and like showed it off on the news and said these are coming to a town near you they were never going but it was just a it was just a placate the Russian people to thinking that if they just keep going, we'll have better supermarkets than they have in the U.S. Like, it's like, it was like a crazy thing that happened uh, during like the, it was like during the time of the space race. It was a fucking nutty thing. And it's just, <sighs> you're telling me during the space race, there was supermarket sweeps? Dude, there were supermarkets. <laughs> I swear to God, it was like around the same time. It was like where Russia was just trying to win everything. And it's just the same thing. They're like, dude, so- Bro, Star's Coffee is just as... Dude, and they do the same thing here. I have never seen a, 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 a Russian gangster with an accurate number of stripes on the side of their pants. Their velour suits always have four or two stripes. <laughs> it's a three-striped item. For, no, you need an odd number of stripes because one has to go down the middle. You can't do five stripes. What are you going four and two for? There's always two stripes or four stripes, and it's fucking crazy to me. It just shows the inefficiency of communism. I'll tell you that right now. Because there's no... Pants are only divisible by three stripes, Mike. <laughs> How are you going to fucking go and run down a man and pistol whip him to death if you've got an, uh, if you've got an even number of stripes on your pants? It's going to weigh your pants in a funny way. They're going to swoosh when you're running. It's not going to help you. You need three stripes. Shit. You'll end up tripping and falling. You'll be dead like Michael Jordan's dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he died, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. pretty sure there was Russian. A Russian mom. guy chased him down for gambling debts, tripped and fell, stumbled, hit him. He hit his head. They're like, oh, fuck, now we got to bury Michael Jordan's dad in some golf course. If only he would have paid that 50 if grand only, if only hitting on fucking M&M's races. If only, if only he would have gotten that Russian gangster the proper amount of stripes on his pants. Bro, he could have sent him some fucking Jordan velour suits. Yeah. That might have fucking, that might have kept the, the, the big down for a week. Those were very valuable back then. Instead, day. he was like, I'm not fucking, I'm not paying you. Yeah. I'm Michael Jordan. I got a hundred million. I'm Michael Jordan, bitch. Yeah. He just say that. hundreds of millions of dollars that can't bring my dad back. <laughs> he was making, I remember there used to always be like this weird count of like how much money Michael Jordan made per minute in the 90s. Do you remember hearing about that when you were a kid? No. No, you're a little too uh, you were too old for that. You no, mine was uh, mine was uh, if Bill Gates was walking uh, down the street and he saw like ten thousand dollars lying on the oh, ground. Oh yeah, that was a big one. It too. would cost him money to stop to pe- to bend down to pick it up. Yeah, but he would still do it because that's how Bill Gates rolls. No, I mean he would just he would fucking vaccinate that ten thousand dollars <laughs> and then control its mind. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, this has been your update on the Ukrainian war. Um, moving on. Oh, wait. What's up? Looking a little low over there. I am a little low. You know what? I'm going to go. Well, all right, we're over here. We're going to tell you about rockauto.com. Those guys are out getting a beer. They might be driving there. Hopefully the car doesn't break down, but if it does, you'd be taken care of nice and inexpensively with rockauto.com. Because rockauto.com, they've been in they've been in business for 20 odd years. All all alt? All I think that's what alt means. I think it just is an old timey thing that you say at the end of a sentence and make you sound more twangy. So they've been in business for 20 odd years, and they, they, they're one of the oldest people in the game. You go to rockauto.com, you can get all your auto parts. They're lined up there. You can pick out whatever you need. Uh, you might need uh, 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 some people like a pool liner for their pickup truck, so you can fill that up with water, right? And then you put some fish in there, and then you even got to drive to the lake. You just fish in your truck. You can do that. You can, uh, 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 I can't even think of other, you can do a beer freshener. Jello mud wrestling in the back. Oh, you, yeah, you can You get a liner for the back of that truck. You can do a jello mud wrestle. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to keep these. Alternators. You got to keep these women in good shape nowadays. Women need a ground game or else they might get raped. Mm-hmm. And at one, but you know what makes your ground game even better? If you can wrestle a bitch in mud, you can wrestle a man in air. That's just good science. That's science right there. That's, you know, it's not evolutionarily because we don't believe in evolution down here or whatever. It's just a theory. Yeah, I mean, it's a theory. You know, it's not a theory. How low the prices are at rockauto.com. That is a fact. They are the lowest prices for auto parts on the internet. The whole internet. You go to rockauto.com, you don't even need a promo code. You go to everywhere else, you got that stupid icon in your thing, like, do you have a promo code? No, rockauto.com, they got the lowest prices. What they do want you to do is tell them that Notes of a Goon sent you. So when you check out, just let them know where you heard about rockauto.com, and that'll help these boys, and then they'll keep employing us. Because you know down there, you know Tucker Jabs, we had to move up here. I think they're coming back in. You know, I'm sick of these immigrants coming in here and taking our fucking ad read jobs. What, at what point do you think people from, I'm guessing Mississippi, are I, I, immigrants? I don't know where, where those people are from. Are you saying state, 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 state immigrants? You're yeah. saying across state lines is an immigrant. You're that much of a of a uh, xenophobic person. I, I I wouldn't call it xenophobic. What would you call it? I just didn't. I just don't want them taking my jobs. I don't. It's, it's, I, I just, they're coming up here. They come in here. They read the ads. It's crazy. It's a very not in my backyard kind of mentality. Yeah, it's, it's a NIMBY. Look, I'm a yuppie NIMBY. I'm, I'm, look, I make a lot of money, Mike. All right. I live in a brownstone and I have very progressive views unless there's a black person in my backyard. Then I want them out of it. And that goes for hillbillies. Hillbillies are just as bad. NIMBY. Hillbillies are the Browns of 
whites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're the Mexicans of whites. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Those guys are probably selling oranges outside right now. Most likely. I All mean, right. you know. You got a little bit of that ad money. I don't think they got to be selling oranges. That's how, yeah, that's true. We, 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 we're paying them. Well, I mean, they get a they get a cut. They just run in here every time I go to get a beer. Yeah. Well, somebody's got to read these ads. You're not doing it anymore. I would have. Okay. Yeah. All right. I don't even know if those guys can read. Well, they're doing a pretty good job. Did you hear their Rock Auto ad? Was it good? They were talking about fucking the the putting linings in the back of trucks and. Alternators. It was a whole. They're real DIY guys, huh? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they're awesome. So, but they just went to RockAuto.com. Yeah, something like that. And then no promo code. I, dude, listen. I can't listen to a full ad without my eyes glazing over and my brain just shutting down. But I'm pretty sure all that's true. Okay, that's good. That's good. All right, moving on. Dude, did you hear Eric Adams is a baller and the New York Times is hating on him? I know. Signs point to yes. Nice. Nice. I like how we're just randomly remembering parts of the show as it goes tonight. Um, I had that one in the chamber all night waiting for you to ask me a yes or no question. Uh, so so <laughs> Eric Adams is a fucking uh, uh, hardcore baller. He's out every night. Like, think about it. Like Eric Adams is the most corrupt cop I've ever like you know what I mean like it's like it's almost like movie like he's, oh whoa 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 we've both met yeah, Bo yeah. Deedle oh uh, I thought you say Bruce Harrington <laughs> oh you son of a bitch all signs point to no oh that's <laughs> true we have both met Bo Deedle um um but Eric Adams is the fucking mayor of New York City uh scammed Bo Deedle out of the job let's put let's put that fucking out there but wasn't wait didn't Bo Deedle go to dinner with him oh afterwards that's I, I, like I don't think we're had... supposed to talk about that on the air wait for real yeah, I think that's just something we all know about I'm pretty sure right, I hold on let's let's google this and see if we didn't just get, <laughs> but I, wasn't get he probably also... Ralph in trouble <laughs> wasn't Bo Deedle also supporting the kitty mayor I mean, he's the ki- he had kitties. I mean, Curtis Lee was a crazy person, but he does have 50 kitties. <laughs> Including one he tried to take into a voting booth. Yeah. He was scared to be alone. <laughs> Man. Um, so, no, there's not... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a thing that was just on Twitter that... He went out with Bo Deedle drinking. But apparently he just goes out every night. Oh, yeah. And he's just partying. And the New York Times, first of all, what a stupid idiot. that The Times was like, hey, we're going to hang out with you for a month. The New York Times was like, hey, um, you know how, like, your approval rating is really low and everybody in New York who's super progressive is like, fuck this guy, he's a cop. Um, We're just going to hang out with you for a month and write a story that's going to be you know, probably beneficial to you. And then you just went out to a bar, like a very fancy, expensive restaurant, most of the time. Yeah. That's pretty fucking stupid. No, it's brilliant. How is it brilliant, Mike? Okay, because here's the thing. Bill de Blasio Mm -hmm. had free reign to do whatever the fuck he wanted. Yes. That big bird-looking motherfucker 
He does look like Big Bird. That's shut down solid. the entire city. He looks city. like Big Bird fucked that big orange Looney Tune. You know, the big orange hairy Looney Tune? Oh, like the monster one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If Big Bird fucked that thing, it would be Bill de Blasio. The one who I say kind of looks Henry? Like... Is that his name? Henry? Uh, Clancy? No. Clancy, I believe. Okay. He's the one who, to me, looks like uh, NFL quarterback Robert Griffin III. Okay. But uh, So what was your point about Bill de Blasio? Um, he had free reign to do whatever he wanted. Um, and he decided, oh, Gossamer is the guy. Gossamer. Yeah. That's one, right? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> is that? Yeah, if that thing fucked Big Bird, it would be Bill de Blasio. It's accurate. Yeah. Um, I wasn't even thinking of that one. I was thinking of the, the Muppet from Sesame Street, the brown one with the... All right, whatever. Um, Snuffleupagus? No, no, no. Um, I, this is gonna kill me now. But well, yeah, I don't. We can't. We can't just sit here looking for Muppets. <laughs> oh, oh, we can. Um, I mean, look, it's my favorite thing to do uh, off the air. But no, we cannot spend the rest of the show looking for Muppets. We're here to talk politics, Mike. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, the people come to us for our hard hitting analysis. <laughs> Where we basically just said that Michael Jordan caused the Ukrainian war in the last segment. I'd like to point out mm -hmm. uh, that the monster, uh, sorry, Bill de Blasio. Oh, yes. Uh, when he had free reign to do whatever the fuck he wanted in the city, he shut down Times Square and then slow danced with his wife. He also had that. <laughs> the, my favorite Bill de Blasio thing was the uh, him sitting on director's chairs with his wife with all those like shitty dancers dancing around them in outdoor dances when yeah. they and they, they had masks on it was it looked like a parody of suge knight <laughs> you know what i mean like it, like if bobby moynihan had to play suge knight in a sketch that's what he would have come up with oh by the way uh, i was talking about sweetums oh yeah okay i see that yeah it's kind of de blasio vibes yeah Tell me that doesn't actually look exactly yeah, like Bill de Blasio. It looks a lot like. If he was like a homeless, crazy person, yeah. <laughs> um, so, right. Would you rather have that dude, like Sweetums? Yeah, you got to figure. Uh -huh. Both these guys embezzling tons of money, mm -hmm. right? That's what they're known for. They're just like, you know, de well, Blasio. They're the mayor of New York. Right. You're the mayor of New York. If you're not the embezzling. Only, the only one who didn't embezzle any money, I'll say this right now, Ed Koch. Yeah? You think Koch was clean? I think Koch was clean. He didn't want them to rename the bridge after him. He openly said, please don't rename a bridge after me. For real? Yeah. Also gay. I trust a gay man. He was I, gay? I trust... Well, I mean, probably. He was very closeted until he died. Oh, and then it came out after that he was probably gay? No, it, everybody kind of always knew Ed Koch was gay. But he was like, I'm not talking about this. Because that's how gay guys used to be. Respectful. Gentlemen. Yeah. Honestly, gentlemen, gay guys... But, gentlemen buttfuckers. Bro. Did you know? He was a real gentleman buttfucker <laughs> at Koch. I just want to point that out. He always made sure to spit on his hand. <laughs> always. Real gentleman buttfucker, that Ed Koch. He was a classy queer. Yeah, classy queer. He was. Oh, man. Queer brown eye for the straight guy, Ed Koch. <laughs> a real formal fag. Yeah, real. <laughs> I didn't finish it. I didn't go hard tea. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> Um, dude, did you know that uh, a gay guy saved uh, Gerald Ford's life? Which gay guy? A gay guy. Ronald Reagan? No. Oh. So, uh, 
just listened. I just listened to a um, radio lab about this. Okay, right. So there was a gay dude. Bobby just turned around in his chair editing. Like there's no way Mike listened to Radio Lab. Yeah, I did. I he just he just listened. He turned around in this like shocked manner. All right. Like it was like Alfred Hitchcock turning around in the beginning of a show. Like like no way. <laughs> no way Mike listened to NPR. Right. What's less believable? Me reading a book or listening to Radio Lab? That's true. Um all right. So you sure it was Radio Lab, Peter? You sure it wasn't nothing? <laughs> <laughs> old family guy's the best um, so they uh no so this guy uh apparently he was just going for a walk one mm. day and this woman uh who took a shot at gerald ford she shoots the first time right misses goes to like re-cock the revolver and take another shot and in that time uh this dude gets in the middle right knocks the gun up like tackles her to the ground mm-hmm. police come arrest her a whole night right okay <laughs> This guy goes to uh, this guy like a, he gets lauded as a hero at first, and then uh, later it's found out that he's gay, gay as hell. While the and people were mad that I feel like that should have sped up the gay rights movement. So that was kind of like the- like even Archie Bunker would have been like a queer saved the president. I guessed it wrong. Why do you come over here and take a lick of my asshole? This chair is a... It's not as cushiony as it used to be. Let me sit on your face. Edith, get out of here. This homosexual is sucking my butt. (laughs) So... Uh, essentially, that is what they tried to do, right? The news tried to run with it as like, look at this gay guy who's not just sucking dick in the park. He's saving the president's life. Can you believe it? And then it turns out he was sucking dick in the park because that's what gay guys do, and there's nothing wrong with that as long as it's nighttime and there's no kids around. If you walk past a gay guy sucking another gay guy's dick in the park and you don't go, good for them, as long as there's no kids around. If it's nighttime, kids should be home. If you're walking through the park and you see a gay guy sucking another gay guy's dick, you should be like, good for them every time. If you see a lady sucking a guy's cock, what would you think, Mike? Can I go next? But you'd be like, good for him, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Oh, every time. I was driving with Robbie Bernstein from Tennessee to Atlanta. Sucking his cock. I was sucking his cock, but then I looked up, and I saw a lady eating another lady's pussy in another car. Wait. And I was like, whoa, we're, we're in the south. Dude, I literally Wait. look over. I look over. I'm in the back seat. Robbie's blowing this guy from Tennessee that's driving <laughs> us to Atlanta. Um, but I'm sitting in the back seat now. I'm kind of like trying to like give them their privacy, so I'm looking at the other cars, you know. And I look over at this car and I see this lady come up for air, and then this other lady pushed her head back down into her muff, driving a pickup. It was crazy. The wait, South is a lot better than we think it is. Wait, so this was a lady getting roadhead from another lady? Yep. This wasn't like a chick in the back seat. I don't think a dude could figure out how to eat a pussy driving. Like, only a woman could eat a pussy on the road. I could eat a pussy driving. While you were driving? No. (laughs) Yes. While I was driving, I could... I think it would be easier to eat a pussy while you were driving. You just... If you got a petite bitch, you just strap that bitch around your face, kind of get a little eye hole out the side. Nah. You're in there. I don't think I could get a good neck hold on... I, I don't think I can get over and under. All right. Well, guess what? Maybe you're more bendy than me. I mean, we would normally be able to ask somebody about this, but she doesn't want to do it. Um. Okay. Are you eating pussy on the road? Is that what you're saying? 
I, I have I've yet to, but you know what? You think you could do it? I'm gonna try to. I've tried tonight. I'll tell you, I've tried. I'm gonna see if she's down. You you do some roadhead, and here's the thing: cars nowadays have the thing in the middle. You used to not have that, right? I mean, back in the day with a bench seat, you could definitely eat pussy in a roadhead situation. I think they did that because automakers are misogynists. Yeah, there's just too much pussy eating. It's like, nah, if you're not sucking dick, you're Dude, not. You're not. They, they, well, the that's the, the thing. Here's the thing: is when did they start putting that center thing? Like, you know, when did they get rid of that middle seat in the front? Was it right when they started letting women work? Seems that way. Right? About the 70s, right? It was about the 70s, right? And they were like, oh, these women are working. They, what are they, driving to work? We can't have them getting their pussies eating on the way to work. No, they don't get done. They'll be relaxed all day. They're going to be tense like a man. <laughs> they can just pick up some dude on the side of the road be like, come in here and eat my pussy on my way to work. I am woman, hear me roar. And then they queef in that guy's fucking face, throw him out, call him a slut. We can't have that society would have broken down. And then that's why they put that center console in their in cars it's in the seventies. The world Susan B. Anthony dreamed of. Yeah. And they ruined it on her. Um Susan B. Anthony just wanted to get her pussy eaten on her way to her minimum wage job. That's all she wanted. Exactly. And a fainting couch. Yeah. Uh but anyway, so this fucking uh so this guy She was exhausted from getting her pussy eaten. <laughs> he gets outed. To like everybody through the news, and the news essentially was like, look at this guy. He's like a former Marine. You know, he saved the president's life. He's a cocksucker. Like they're 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 you know they're among us, and some of them are good people. (laughs) 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 This cocksucker could save your president. Are you not going to serve him dinner? Shit. Like that was essentially the the way that the L.A. Times decided to run with it, and by extension, the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. So like there was like uh, people were like calling his mom asking for comment, like how long have you been proud of your gay son? And his mom was like, "My son is gay." Yeah. What? He, he's like, I moved to San Francisco so I could be gay on my own and not include my family in in my gayness. Right. Because you know. It's frowned upon. <laughs> right. That was essentially his thing. Was like, <laughs> Dude, that was Ed Koch's thing. He's like, I'm the mayor of New York. Leave me alone. I'd probably suck a little cock. Well, Ed Koch got away with it uh, way better than this poor guy did. Oh, fucking poor uh, guy. So he actually tried to sue uh, the newspapers who like ran with this story and outed him as being gay to the world. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, enough people in San Francisco knew you were gay. It wasn't like really a secret. Uh, it's uh, it's a journalist's yeah. job to be honest. So you know, oopies. And now they don't even want to say that monkeypox is caused by gayness. Whoa. Whoa. I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's not caused by gayness. It's caused by gays anuses. I apologize. I misspoke. What? What is? Monkeypox. <laughs> oh my god! I forgot. We can't say monkeypox. Oh Jesus! Oh shut up! The fucking racehorses in here. Yeah, got back there. I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear from him. We haven't had a lot of racial stories lately. You know, we, I'm hoping Trump gets elected again so we can get the racehorse back in here. Is that two class for no? He's he's not trying to work. No, he just doesn't want Trump. I guess. Oh, his dad against Trump. But yeah, but you'd have more work, racehorse. You have stuff to do. There's not been a racial story in a while, except for this whole monkeypox thing, which I don't even know. <laughs> it's not even really a thing. You're fucking forcing it. All right, but here's the thing: the CDC has a whole thing where they're trying to rename it. It being monkeypox. Oh, shush. I gotta be able to say the thing so we can get to the thing where it's getting better about the thing. 
Right? Everybody has acknowledged that the name monkeypox is racist. Oh, God damn. We know it's kind of racist to say monkeypox. <laughs> you know, if I call it African-American pox, it's going to be significantly worse. Whoa. See, even you're mad, Mike. Whoa. And you're, not, and you're the most racist person I know. <laughs> Why is a racehorse mad at me for saying that? Because the racehorse knows I'm an ally. Sure you are, Mike. <laughs> Uh, the racehorse says he didn't see you at any protests. <laughs> I was definitely at a protest. What? <laughs> I must have been at some sort of protest at some point. What you mean? You tell me I've never been at a protest? That's not true. I went to a police brutality protest in 2003. <laughs> what? I, I the police were being brutal back then too, I, and not enough people were going. It was just me and a bunch of black guys, and I was getting drunk because that was a fun place to get drunk. Because everybody was saying cops were fucking cunts. I think the racehorse is saying that back in 2000, activism before 2018 really doesn't matter. What? Yeah, but I got lazy after 2005. Mm-hmm. All right, but they're trying to rename this disease. Because monkeypox <laughs> seems to be a problem for some species. <laughs> um, Is it the monkeys who are mad? Seems like probably horses, too. <laughs> uh, 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 but uh, the CDC, you can go to my Twitter. It's, it's a little bit down, but you'll find it. There's a link. You can submit your own name to rename it. And uh, what is he, I would think I want to go with uh, uh, I'm sure somebody's already said this Poxy McPoxface seems to be the internet's most favoriteest thing to call it. Is it really? Yeah, gay Chinese checkers I think maybe is probably not good. I think that might also piss off the racehorse. There you go. You see, <laughs> but you see because of the spots and you, if you put marbles on it, you could probably play Chinese checkers. You know what I mean? Because of the lesions. Hmm. Legionnaire's disease is probably a good one, too. Um, can you put pox on it? Any kind? Is still, Legionnaire's does it still ha- pox? Does it still have to be pox? Hmm. See, so we called it two pox. I think that would also be racist. Do you have the thing? Wait, uh, your it's, thing? Yeah, it's like, just scroll it down. I, I just tweeted Sorry, I got distracted by another tweet of yours about, uh, hey, everyone, instead of just being the person I've always been, I hereby declare myself the anti-woke alternative to blank. Yeah, if you want to hear more about that, go listen to the episode of High Society Radio oh. that came out today. Sorry. <laughs> Oopies. Keep going. I'm excited about this. I, yeah, I tweet a little too much. You do tweet a bit. But oh, that's the one. Go back up. Not the Jeffrey Tubin thing. Right above that. Okay. Who is holding an open consultation for new disease names for the the disease? Uh-huh. Anyone wishing to propose new names can do so. All right. Where do we submit? Uh, I don't know. I'd imagine there'd be somewhere right here. It's got to be Poxy McPoxface. Would you have one? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I was thinking that since the disease was found... Mm-hmm. Right in Eugene S. Nigel's ward, mm-hmm. we could call it the N ward disease. Mm. That's a good idea, right? Racehorse agrees, right? The N ward, yeah, the N ward disease, right? Yeah, mm, like Lewis's Comedy Club. <laughs> mm, that's a good one. That's not bad. What else can we come up with? 
Bobby, you got a monkeypox uh, name? You got a, uh, a, a new name for the... Um... The pox disease that's going around that involves some sort of animal? Yeah. Um, no. No? You th- what is it? Cheetah spots? Cheetah spots. Cheetah spots, pretty good. Yeah. Also African animal? It's cutesy. Yeah. So the, the, the World Health Organization is just like, we need to figure it out. They pulled, they brought their black guy out to tell everybody that they need a new name for this disease. Because mm-hmm. people are getting upset about this name. Um, I read a thing where a guy couldn't stand up for a week because of the monkeypox. <laughs> and I would call it uh, asshole bleeding a lot disease. That would make people not want to get it. Right? Mm-hmm. That's probably a good one. Yeah. How did these kids get it if it's mostly from gay guys? That's a good one. Leaky butthole disease. Leaky butthole disease is a good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> looking too damn cute in that shirt disease. Yeah. Don't worry, these bumps are an AIDS disease. <laughs> Ribbed for your pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Studded for your... I'm a stud who studded for your pleasure is a good one. That is... That's, that, it might be a little too wordy. Too many nipples. These are just nipples. Not it's not a gay thing. <laughs> These are just extra nipples. Um, what else we got? I'm telling you, dude, the N word disease. That's the one. Yeah. But what about if it was? Uh, wait, I mean, who is that offensive to? The N word. Yeah. The N word isn't. I mean, really, we shouldn't even be saying the N word. We should just be saying the word. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, I want to give I want to give credit. We to, should just say the ward. I want to give credit to Eugene S. Nigel, uh-huh. the you know the namesake of the N ward. Yeah, 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 but that's what I'm saying is like we should just say the ward. You really want to say the ward? We got to say the whole ward. You I just see. did it. You just said the whole ward. All right. You want to say the whole ward? The whole ward. The hard R ward. The whole ward. <laughs> Which, all right, now, which version? What, what do you mean? Oh, with an A? Nigel? Yeah, I mean, there's that. Hmm. No, hard L. Nigel. Hmm. Nigel? Hmm. Like he's from Krypton? There we go. <laughs> well, we'll submit these. We'll submit some of these. If you've got some suggestions, submit them to the World Health Organization. Let us know what you submitted. We're curious about it. Go to askthegoon.gmail.com. Tell us your suggestions for this disease. Because you know what? I'm really sick of hearing a sound drop every time I say monkeypox. I know you're not a sound drop. You're a real horse that lives with us and hangs out all the time. And you're mostly cool except for this one thing. And we just have to respect your boundaries. I get it. We've been friends for years. So I have to now put up with the fact that you're a little too woke. Shut up. Uh, fuck flex. That's a good one. Because they're flex that you get from fucking. Because mm. you're gay. <clears throat> hey, at least it's not AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, all AIDS. <laughs> We've come a long way, baby. The disease. <laughs> good work.
Don't worry, Fauci's got a vaccine for this one. Did you hear that Fauci is uh, he's stepping down from uh, the CDC? I think it just got announced today that he's uh, he's leaving as uh, Biden's uh, health minister and he's stepping down from the CDC. His all of his duties. He has successfully beaten AIDS and COVID, and he's moving on. He's done. He's hitting that dusty trail. What do you think, Mike? What? So, uh, no, no one in in a position of power ever willingly gives up power. So, which one are That's we? That's not necessarily true. Who has? Um. Hmm. What about Andrew Cuomo? What? I mean, he could have just stayed stuck it out. Do you really want to go down this rabbit hole? <laughs> What would have happened? He's Italian. <laughs> All right. So one person. Yeah, he's the only guy I can think he's of. The he's the only one. Okay. Also, by the way, uh, so Bo Deedle and Eric Adams, I looked it up. They had dinner at Rouse. Yeah, Rouse. Yeah, which is just the most mobbed up place in the history of New York City. Oh, yeah. Oh, so funny. Well, no, I mean, it's like it's like Sparks and then Rouse. Yeah. That's how we started talking about this whole thing, right? We were talking about Eric Adams. Maybe. <laughs> Isn't that how we got here? Well, I think, we, yeah, then we talking about the Blasio and the, yeah, I don't know. The whole thing? I feel like there might have been a... Uh, I thought there was maybe a little bit more there, but I guess there's not. What? With the whole Eric Adams thing. What, just him going out partying every night? It's fucking silly. It's fucking... That ho- rules. No, it does kind of rule. It feels like we live in Gotham City. Kind of? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we should have an evil cop mayor. Yeah, and then, we'll we eventually, and then we'll eventually have Batman. But he'll be from the Bronx, and they'll call him Gatman. And he'll just come through and just buck everybody in the face. Gato man? Yeah. Oh, all right. Moving on. All right, I figure we'll do we we'll do one thing, and then we got to do we 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 got to get back to an old goal of ours before we call it a night mike what was the goal uh to have a terrestrial radio show do a little mikey and the goon action um but before that you wanted to talk about deshaun watson correct it's our quarterback baby i know for the goon squad and he is suspended for 11 of 16 games (laughs) not looking good for the goon squad uh 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 and uh, you sent me a photo that honestly made me want to move to Cleveland. I'll be <laughs> honest. Because they're breeding real men out there. Bong. Yeah. Uh, it's a dad holding up a sign uh, that says, fuck them hoes. And then I'm going to assume what he's calling his son, who is uh, clearly not the same color of him <laughs> as him. And it says, free Watson. <laughs> so you're saying he is just having his son hold up a sign that says I'm saying he's having his cuckold child hold up this sign which I mean just says more even more about the goon squad and the power that they have over the people you know what I mean dude I don't know a guy who who confidently carries around a sign that says fuck them hoes probably bangs blackjacks you, oh you think that's 
That could be his son. That could be his mixed race. That son. could be his black son. Yeah. You think he confidently to his black wife, his, this white guy just goes, "I fuck them hoes." No, he doesn't. Deshaun does. Oh, fuck those white hoes that gave him a massage. That are fucking, you know, or probably dirt Asian, on. Or probably Asian hoes, really. Uh, Mia Khalifa, a whole bunch of hoes. Oh, Mia Khalifa was talking shit. You don't remember when he dunked? Oh, on Oh, he dunked on that bitch. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what? Also, apparently, she's uh, broken up with her rapper boyfriend. Which rapper? I don't know. Some like Spanish rapper. Spanish rapper. Yeah. It's like a bunch of rappers. boo. I don't want to hear about any Spanish rappers. Has there ever been a good Spanish rapper? Pitbull. Has there ever been a good Spanish rapper? Cypress Hill. Just one of them. Is he the better one? I don't know. Uh, oh, Big Pun. There you go. Fair point. And I'll actually even I'll accept Fat Joe, even though he's Afro Latino, and that's why he can say the N word. So I who, learned that from him. Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> when he was asked why it was okay for him to say the N-word. All right, checks out. Checks out. All right, so he, so what's going to happen now with this dude? He's in jail. Is he in jail? No. He's no. just suspended. Yep. Suspended for 11 games. He was the quarterback. Seems of the kind Texans. of unfair if he hasn't been convicted of a crime. Not yet. What do you mean? Well, I mean, he might be. But I mean, chances are this chick is gonna is gonna um, like they're probably just going to uh, get him in civil court. Oh, yeah, mm. This was the dude who Mia Khalifa was dating for a bit, Jay Cortez. Okay. I mean, he looks like a uh, ind- indie wrestler. Um, I feel like he can't really dunk. True. You're yeah. probably right. I mean, she'd be better off getting her pussy eaten on the road by Brittany Garner. I think she would be better off, honestly, if she had just started dating fucking Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah. That guy's got crazy money. Crazy money. He's a fucking sex addict, but whatever. Whatever. She can handle that. Yeah, I think she can probably get dick down. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen evidence of it. Yeah, I mean, she's all right. Did you know all of her porn involves condom, pretty much? Gay. Almost every one. What a fag. It's crazy. Yeah. It's okay to say that version, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't go hard that. T, right? As long as you don't go hard T, you're good. Okay. All right. So wait. is he? He's not going to jail, though. He's just not... 11 games seems ex, in extreme for a suspension. I'm, I mean, look. I'm with you. So does he get to go and be a pro wrestler like Pac-Man Jones did? Dude, that would be pretty sick. Yeah, like if he just showed up on AEW or something mm-hmm. with Pac-Man Jones and they were a tag team. Would be tight. I feel like Pac-Man could still go. You really think Pac-Man Jones would be the would be the guy? I mean, look, here's the thing. If you're trying to exonerate yourself from wrongdoing, hang around Pac-Man Jones. He's going to do something worse, and you're going to look better by perspective. But you know what I mean? Look, you're making solid points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you are trying to not look like a piece of shit, just always hang out with Pac-Man Jones. Because if you're just hanging out with Pac-Man Jones, like, 
he's going to do something so crazy. They're going to be like, this guy's not so bad. Like, if I was hanging out with Pac-Man Jones all the time, I could get away with literally murder because he would just see you murder a person and then kill 75 people. Yeah, it's like, you know. I was trying to find, there's like a, there's, I remember there being this interview with Pac-Man Jones after he got like his fourth DUI or something. And him just being like, they were like, so like, you know, you're court ordered not to drink alcohol anymore. Like, are you going to be okay with that? And I remember him just looking at the reporter and go, oh, Pac-Man going drink. <laughs> like, sick. Yeah. He's kind of the best. What are you looking at? I'm just processing this Mia Khalifa breakup. Sorry. I think you're a little obsessed with Mia Khalifa, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Still? Yeah, I mean, she's, she's pretty hot. But, I mean, come on. She hasn't done porn in mad long, dude. And? I'm into her for her. Like, I, I listen to her sports podcast. I like her for her mind, dude. You're a fucking simp, dude. <laughs> you fucking suck, bro. <laughs> Fuck. Might as well just start vaping again. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. All right. Moving on. All right, Mike, you know what it is. We, we've we lost sight. You know, we've been doing the show for a while. And, you know, the show's going well. We made, we made some stand-up. We made some podcast charts. We're doing pretty well. People love this show. People are very engaged with the show. A lot of people came out to see me. People came out wearing Notes of a Goon merch. People came out, said Goon Squad to me when I was in fucking Maryland this week. It's People love the show. People are happy with it. But the fact of the matter is we need to get paid, Mike. Yeah. We do. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. What just happened? I just found out I double booked a, a thing. What thing? I double booked my Sunday show. Your Sunday show? Yeah. You booked eight comics? No, I booked a... What are you getting paid a quarter million dollars a year for? You got to keep this sort of shit straight, dude. You're making a quarter million dollars a year. A cool quarter million a year is a comedy club booker, dude. That's the minimum a comedy club booker makes. You still get bonus if you don't double book things. What did you double book? What happened? I double booked uh, Julio... Okay. And uh, Julio Diaz. Julio Diaz. Very funny. Go check him out on Netflix. Yeah. I, Big I, fan of the guy. Yeah. So I booked his show uh-huh. at 6 p.m. on Sunday, and I booked El Orlando. Oh. Her show, 6 p.m. on Sunday. I also like El Orlando. Which one? All right. So I don't have anything booked for the 8 p.m. Which one should I move to 8? Who do you think will sell more tickets at 8? Who will sell tickets in the worst slot is actually the question. Because at 8... You'll just you can just sell tickets as uh, as a house show and just have them in there. And who do you want to do the favor for? Hmm. Keep in mind that they're not listening to this, right? Uh, I mean, L's got the better show booked, mm-hmm. uh, but she already has tickets sold for the six p.m. slot. Do they have tickets sold? They have no tickets sold. So move them to but the. They eight. have a tr- dude garbage show booked. What's the show? I mean, yeah, I mean, also probably shouldn't have said that. You can also edit this out. Eric B. I like Eric. You know Eric? I do know Eric. He's the guy my... who brags about going on John Fugelsang's show on I Sirius. I don't know who that is. You know who? Exactly. But I know Eric. Okay. Uh, your boy, Ishmael Gaynor. Ishmael is my friend. Okay. He's very funny. Okay. 
Uh, Very funny guy. Brian Kim. Great. Uh, Brian Kim. Not a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sienna Hubert Ross. Don't know who that is. Okay. That's the show. You should probably edit all of this out. Of no. no. No, 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 no. Who do you know who I said on that list who listens to this show? And Brian Kim listens to every episode. <laughs> Well, Brian, he also, but he listens to almost, it doing a fake Asian accent. This is almost worse than the time. Uh, you want to hear you, a story? You want to hear a story about that guy? I have a better story. I threatened to break a bottle over his face once mm-hmm. uh, because he was doing his goofy fake Asian accent, and I got real mad in a bar, and he was trying to be like on some you mad shit, and I go, "Yo, you're cooning right now," and I said it in front of a bunch of black. Wait, did he people. go, "You mad"? No, Are he, you mad? He was like kind of doing this thing where he was like being a dumb, like fake Asian person. You mad? You mad? And I go, I go, I go, this dude is cooning right now. And like people were like, yo, you need to calm down. I was like, this dude is cooning right now. He's Asian cooning right now. They were saying he doesn't you need talk. To calm down. I was like, yeah, they were like, you need to calm I was like, he doesn't talk like this. That's why I'm getting mad. He's pretending he's stupid and he's not. He's just doing a shitty, stupid Asian guy voice. Hmm. But I also don't want to fucking shit on Julio's show because I like Julio. Julio's good people. And isn't also talent... Talent Talent and Jay. Talent and Jared Harbin. Oh, yeah. And Jared's great, too. Yeah, Jared's good people. Jared's a great young comic. I mean, those three guys are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I mean... Like, they're all in... Like, the three guys who... I know that show that you guys book. Those three guys are fucking great comics. Yeah. Like, all of them are very fucking funny. Look, there's a reason they have a show. Mm -hmm. And I let them get away with booking... Eric B, Ishmael Gaynor, Brian Kim. Ishmael Gaynor, very problem. funny. Okay. I got my own problems with Ishmael. You know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says the opposite of the thing that you say, because I brought up the thing that you said to me about him. Right. Well, you said he didn't call you back, and I, he said, we well, you think I wouldn't call him back? And I go, I don't know. I'll take your word for it. It's almost like we could we could probably have squashed this a year ago, which I tried to multiple times, and he still won't make eye contact with me, but it's fine. What was the thing that happened? He... he he went rogue, started his own Eventbrite listing for a show at my club, sold tickets for it. Which on you a told him he was not allowed to do. Told him he was not allowed to okay, do well, that. Well, he didn't offer me that information. Okay. But he just went rogue and did it. Like I had a tentative date on the books with him. He went and booked comics, sold tickets, and then fucking was like, yeah, I'm doing this show at this time for a thing that I didn't have staffed. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, you probably should have confirmed with me and gotten a ticket link from me before selling tickets to my club. It was also within the first two months of me being open. And, you know, I didn't really have a handle on these outside produced shows yet. Okay. So. And now somebody could do that and it would be fine. So, I mean, here's the thing. I would work around somebody doing that. Uh, I would still prefer to do it, you know, in in, in my house. way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would still need to do it in-house, actually, because the whole point of me this doing outside produced shows is... To, yeah, whatever. We're, we're a fucking hour into the show. If you're listening at this point, it's because you want the inside baseball horse shit here. You want us talking shit about shitty New York comics, like what Brian I mean? Kim. Who? I like Brian Kim. He's fine. I once, what did I just say? I once watched... You said a lot of mean things about Brian did Kim. Did I just say mean things about him? I once watched that kid... Oh, yeah, I deleted that. Yeah, like I'm gonna do that, <laughs> bro. I watched. No, we added this show heavily. <laughs> I watched that kid on acid trying to suck everybody's dick at a party once. Oh, he's super gay. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's. Maybe that's why he acts like a fake Asian. Yeah, he's super. Clunky. He's a real Asian, but he's, he acts like a fake Asian, which is annoying. He's like an Asian from Queens who acts like an Asian from fucking from Asia. Yeah, yeah. Just be Asian, dude. I fucking like Asian people. Sienna Hubert Ross, uh, biggest following on the show. 
I don't know who that a is. Hot chick who's been doing comedy for. Is she very hot? She's. Can I see a picture? Absurdly hot. So we're doing all of this now. We're just, I, I, what do you mean? Some girl I don't know. We're about to sexually harass on the show that I have to probably see at some point. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, show me a what? Show, show me another picture. What are we even? Oh yeah, there she is. Looks what, pretty good right there. What are we there. even discussing here? No, no, she's very attractive. This girl's very hot. She's very attractive. I'm gonna go ahead and assume. Hmm. Oh, I just accidentally liked her pick. Oopies. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and guess. Probably another best color. I bet she's very funny. I'm sure she's very funny, dude. She's clearly in a movie with her friends here. She's and this looks like a very funny movie. Dude, look at how funny she looks, dude. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Would you call her funny looking, dude? That's not cool, man. This is sexual harassment. Is this the chick, dude? This is the thing that's going to get us in the most trouble of all the things we've ever said. (laughs) This is like crazy. We cannot continue to do what you are doing right now. Is she part of Team Queso, Team Cheesy? Just because those two girls are both Asian. I have never seen this girl in my life. Okay. Until just now when you're making me, and because it's in the Instagram format, I am, my brain immediately went, this is all Mike's fault. Why is it my fault? She's very, look, uh, who, book that show. Just let them do their show. It's going to be fine. Right. Should I move them to six or move them to? I mean, I don't think you should inconvenience this girl. That seems crazy. So I should leave her at six, move Yeah, leave, leave them at six, yeah. Well, no. If Elle's already got tickets sold, that's the that's the end that's the end all be all. Right, but if they I, don't have tickets sold. That's the actual thing. Okay, but she. At might... the end of the day, like we're making jokes, but like, stop fucking scrolling photos of this girl that I don't know. I mean, look at it. Come on, uh, stop it, you <laughs> dude. You are a fucking a person in power in this industry. You, 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 these what is wo- going on? These words are gonna come back up. That I'm saying, stop it. Stop doing what you're doing. I do not approve of you continuously showing me photos of some comic I don't know. Very pretty girl. Stop it. I don't want to. Ew, gross. I don't like girls. That's gross. Stop it. That's gross. What you're doing is gross, Mike, because you're objectifying this young lady who works in the same industry as us. She put these photos on the internet for us to look at. No, she didn't. She put these photos on the internet for her dad. (laughs) <laughs> She's. This is for her dad. I don't know what their relationship this is. For is. Her dad, Mike. Stop doing this. Stop. It's not okay. This picture is for her. Mike, dad. you have to take. Hold on. Di- let's see if he's tagged. Oh, he's not. He's not. The he's lingerie. agent provocateur. <laughs> the lingerie company. How do you know it's not his company? Could be. We seen Asian people can't have companies. Is she Asian? I don't even know. Stop. Just not talking. I'm busy looking at this very attractive woman Dude, this, who I'm you sure understand is super how, funny. You understand how terrible this is to do? You are literally booking a comedy club. Yeah. I wouldn't book her at it. How do you know? She's clearly funny. She's very funny. I mean, I look, I trust the integrity. Look, of at, look at how funny those she three is. three other comedians. Drinking a glass of water in front of a ring light. Dude, that is funny because the ring on the bottom of the fucking wine glass catches the ring in the thing. And that's actually pretty good. It's very meta, dude. You're not. You just don't understand. There's her with your best friend Jared Schwartz. Just hi, comedian Jared Schwartz. Look, these are all comedians you respect and like. Yeah, 
Yeah, I definitely fuck with Peach Fuzz Poppy like that. Um, you just got us in a lot of trouble. God damn it, Mike. I don't know why you're doing this to me. I gotta see these people outside. I don't care. I mean, you're the person that's gonna... You, you're coming off real bad here. I didn't say anything wrong. What? What? What happened? You can edit this all out, right? What did I say bad? Dude, we're trying to get a terrestrial radio show. What did I say bad? Hey, he's vaping in here. I am not. <laughs> you fucking... I told you to turn the sound you off. You shitty liar. <laughs> You're a shitty person and a liar. If I turn the sound off, she would get even madder because then I'd be hiding things from her and be like, oh, it's all a joke on Alex. I'm just, we're making fun of Alex by turning off the sound in the lounge. That's not the game we're playing, okay? It's not the game we're playing at all. So instead, we just looked at pictures of some chick for 20 minutes. Because she knows. She knows what's up. <laughs> she knows about comedy and how funny that girl was. She knows just how funny that girl probably is. Probably very funny. Probably hysterical. Super funny. Hey, she, what if she's the funniest comedian in New York City? At her experience level. You're saying people don't deserve opportunities when they first start a thing? I'm sure she's getting plenty of opportunities. She's yeah. got she's got Instagram videos with Ian Finance. She's getting all the opportunities. Oh, look, there you go. Yeah. Ian is vouching for her. She must be very funny. Yeah. Ian, <laughs> Ian is very funny. Who's never once acted out of horniness, ever. <laughs> Who would do that? I have never done that. Ian Fidance. Have you ever seen me a act out of who's, horniness? Whose morals and reputation you can definitely value over I, pussy. I could eat chili out of his morals. That's how clean they are. Can we move on? Now, Mike, since you're going to be fired from your job, we're going to need a new gig that pays a little <laughs> bit better than this. Now, if you remember, last year, we were doing a lot of these. We were trying to, we were, we were putting demos together for a, a terrestrial radio show called Mikey and the Goon, right? You're Mikey, I'm the Goon. That's how we do this. And then uh, we, we, what we do is we, we, we come in with our morning zoo take on a, on a news story, and I, I found a good news story. Do you have it? I sent it to you a little while ago. Uh, Do you need me to send it to you again? Probably. If you sent it to me weeks and weeks ago on God knows what platform. We talk on Twitter, Facebook, text. I know. We're email. very gay. We're very gay. It's, it's, it's a problem. We, we, we talk too much, Mike, really, in all honesty. Yeah, I, I can't stand it, if I, we're being truthful here. Well, I mean, it's your fault, really. It's mine? Why? Yeah. What do you mean? I don't think we talk enough, really. Mm. You know, synergy as a, as a team. We're a team here. Now you're just doing the Dylan thing where you say buzzwords until people... I, I don't even want. know what you're talking... Well, you're mad at so many people. Mm -hmm. You make a quarter million dollars a year in I this industry. I do know such a thing. I, I don't understand mm. why it is that you're so upset... And everybody that works around you, you make a billion dollars. I make a billion? It went from a quarter million a year to no, a we, billion? I'm, I'm exaggerating. It's a quarter million dollars a year. We know how much money you make as a comedy club booker. Okay. This is the inside baseball people want to hear, dude. I know exactly how much money I make as a comedy club booker, and it's nowhere quarter near million a quarter million dollars a year. 
it's way above it. I know. I get it, Mike. You're fucking loaded, dude. That's how you got that fancy shirt. Keep so, it up. What are you getting so mad at me for? Because you're just you're starting it. Starting what? You know what you're starting. What am I starting? I'm trying to find this fucking stupid. I just sent it to you again on Facebook. What I, basically what I was doing was stretching for time right, by saying it. words. And you're getting all mad at me for doing that. Because yeah, you're saying words that don't need to be said. I told you what the thing was going to be. What other words am I going to say? I need fucking words to come out. Are right, you ready to jump this in? This is a radio show. Are you ready to jump we're in? We're going to do a fucking radio show. You ready? You ready to do this? Because you, you, we're going to do this. See, here's the thing. We're doing the thing that Opie and Anthony did 10 years in before we even get the show, Mike. What's the thing? We're bickering back and forth and shit and blah, blah, blah. You see, we got to get the show and then we can do this. But we'll be making a million dollars a year. You see? Not this petty quarter million dollars a year bullshit. I'd be so happy if I was making quarter million dollars a year. I'm just saying, look, if we get this demo right and we get it out to the right stations, we can have this terrestrial morning radio show. We'd be 600 markets in no time. We've got the pizzazz. We just got to like get it down. We're going to do our morning radio bit right now. It's called Mikey and the Goon. We've got the perfect story. We can show people how we can do this, bring people to work in the morning. You ready? Moving on. Hey, 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 you're listening to Mikey and the Goon in the morning on WGAS. It's a gas. Ha ha! I'm your host, the Goon, and I got Mikey in the booth. How you doing, Mikey? I'm doing great. It's a gas morning, Chris. It sure, sure as fuck is. And here's the thing, Mike. I'm, I'm glad you got that dumb button on. Because you know what? I'm having a wacky weekend where maybe I had a couple of drinks. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, uh. I've got a crazy, crazy, weird, wild news story for you to help these people get to work better. Because this isn't your day. You're on a better day than this. Listen to this. Uh, this is a crazy story. Four men gang-raped, killed, and ate a protected monitor lizard in India. They went after the protected one? They, I, there's all these monitor lizards walking around unprotected, and then there's one walking around, circle of protection around it. Somehow these guys managed to disenchant it, and you know what? Screwed its freaking brains out. I've never seen a crime like this before, Division Forest Officer Vishal Male told Vice World News. The men are in their 20s and 30s, and they appear to have done it for fun. I mean, what sounds more fun than you and your buddies sitting around having a good time? I haven't hung out with my buddies in years. What's a spit roast plus a spit roast? A lizard roast. I guess so. That lizard, watch out for that lizard. It spits, I'll tell you. Ha ha! They're charged under the India Wildlife Protection Act of 1972, and a local court granted them bail last week. Bail? What do you think they're going to do while they're out on bail? Maybe they'll have sex with a, a cow. They're sacred over there in India. Don't you know that? Hey, Chris, is it fair to say that they spit-roasted that lizard? Maybe they did. <laughs> they might have a real stake in this cow sex. Who knows? <laughs> They can buy a chubby penguin NFT. <laughs> so that's been your wacky weird news with Mikey and the Goon on WGAS. It's a good, good, good guy. Now you stay tuned with us every weekday. We'll get you through your traffic. And we'll, here's, we'll go to Bobby Hutch with the weather. Moving on. Well, uh, that's the show. Uh, 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 I think it was a little less awkward than last week. So, uh, but here's a here's a quick a thing. Bit. 
Uh, I'm going to attach, uh, Mike, you're going to attach that interview to the end of the show, correct? You got to send it to me first. I just sent it to you on the Facebook. All right. Uh, 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 Mike's going to attach. I I did an interview with a guy named Martin Rook, Dr. Martin Rook. He's a research fellow from Harvard. And what he does is he researches uh, the misinformation pipeline from the media when people get mad. We talk about it a lot on the show. Where there's a morsel of truth in media. We did it, uh, a big example of it was, remember when we talked about the drag story hour and the disconnect between what was happening in the video and what they were talking about? Yeah. Okay, so he basically researches how when people get mad at that, they find themselves in deeper and deeper recesses of the internet. And what happens and how this becomes a misinformation pipeline is that somebody finds them on an app like, say, Telegram or wherever, um... And they become, they go, it's basically a monetary gain situation for a lot of these people. Uh, there's a lot of credence to what we talk about on this show, and there's a lot of credence to what you hear about in the media that maybe is overblown, but it's a great, it was a great conversation. He approached me. I thought it was a great topic. We had a great time talking about it. Martin, uh, at Dr. M. Rook, R-O-O-K-E on Twitter. Go follow that dude. He really puts out a lot of good info. Uh, but that has been the whole thing. Go check out a show at Brooklyn Comedy Club. Check me at The Duck and at uh, in Rochester with Zach Amigo at Comedy at the Carson. Good night. All right, folks, we're doing an interview. This is a, a, a rare interview. You actually reached out to me. I'm talking to Dr. Martin Rook from Harvard. How are you doing, sir? I'm all good, my man. How are you doing? Great, great. Uh, you want to explain to people kind of what you do before we get into stuff and like what your credentials are for everything so people don't think I'm a person who just brought somebody on? That's fine, yeah. So uh, I have a PhD in sociology. Uh, I look at risk communication, uh, which broadly considers things like uh, scientific misinformation, how science is communicated in the mainstream media. That's what my like research was on in the PhD. But since then, I've sort of broadened out into this sort of misinformation sphere, um, particularly with, with social media platforms, places like Telegram and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been paying attention to what would be considered to be the far right since about 2014. It started off as a interest in sort of Gamergate, and I've seen it all just, just evolve until what happened on, on January 6th. So uh, any questions, feel free to, to fire away. So now with Gamergate, that wasn't something I followed too closely. So what that was, was they, the, the Gamergate thing came down to a female reporter had yep. had a relationship with a game developer. And then she gave it a rave review. Was that not the crux of it? Of Other way around. So but at the core of it, it was a sex scandal. Um, you had a female game developer, um, Zoe Quinn. Oh, she was. produced this game called Depression Quest, which was essentially a choose-your-own-adventure type um, like story. Like a, po- a point-and-click game. Point-and-click, yeah. Um, well, as, as the story goes from the Gamergate side of things, uh, she had uh, relationships with multiple men uh, who were sort of in the indie gaming scene. Some of them were... Uh, games journalists so you know industry press type thing and they they sort of gave uh, good coverage of her game in uh, 
relatively well-known platforms, places like Kotaku and things like that, and people mm -hmm. were sort of going, well, why? Because the quality of this game doesn't quite meet our expectations, what we'd see in this sort of press sphere. Um, so people wanted to talk about it. You know, there was the uh, one of her exes published a, a blog post um, basically saying, yeah, she she slept her way uh, in, into into these favourable positions. And people were like, well, do you know what? That's, that's bollocks. Um, we want to talk about it. So they went to places like Reddit and in comment sections and places like that. And those spaces sort of said, you know what? This is starting to lean towards misogyny, misogynistic, that sort of side of things. We don't want it on our platform. So they, they started just, just blocking all sorts of uh, communication about it. Mm -hmm. So people went, all right, well, we'll go to YouTube. YouTube doesn't seem to mind us talking about this. By now, it's really escalating into a full-blown sex scandal, and it just took off from there. It just hit the right notes. It came at the right sort of time, because just before Gamergate, you had that real big push of sort of pick-up artistry, men going their own way, the manosphere. Mm. So real big questions about men's role and position in society. This also came just after Atheism Plus. You might remember sort of 2010, yes. the, the, the real big push against um, New Age creation on YouTube so it came at the tail end of that that also devolved into a bit of a sex scandal so there was this this sort of a uh, field if you want of, of young men really concerned about what's going on in the world they're seeing massive changes and they wanted to talk about these things and YouTube was just the the prime space to do it so you had these people talking about Gamergate and they started being able to make money from it and that's the big important thing because mm -hmm. a lot of these guys were you know uh, budding game developers not earning a lot of money or they were just blokes sitting in their bedrooms just just creating funny videos on youtube all of a sudden their their, uh, their videos are getting hundreds of thousands of views they're getting the ad revenue and they go do you know what i can make a job out of this i haven't got to work at walmart or tesco or or whatever supermarket i can i can make a living just chatting shit on the internet and that's what really set it off. So by the end of Gamergate, it sort of evolved into what was broadly known as the anti-SJW, anti-social justice warrior uh, sort of uh, genre, if you want. Okay. So really going after feminism, things like that. That died down and then Trump started his election campaign. And well, that just just blew the lid off the whole thing, really. So but so the Gamergate thing wasn't that was our bet, right? In what sense? Sorry. So uh, I'm saying that was largely like that was an op-ed thing, right? So Gamergate happened, right? There was a there yep. were people who said that this happened. This woman did do this. I mean, and it's also it's it's your opinion that they gave her a favorable review because she slept with them, right? Like there, you can there's no way of proving that she happened to sleep with these people. They happen to give her favorable reviews. You happen to not like the game, so it it is kind of this op-ed thing where everything kind of exists in this nebulous place, right? Now. Maybe those guys, but those guys were trying to rile up the guys who were already starting to feel a little disenfranchised, right? Ah, I forgot one one important bit of the story that, that really pushed it. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was one particular date where all of these um, uh, games journalism outlets all published articles roughly saying the same thing, and that was gamers are dead the, the the gaming the gamer identity the the young straight white male identity doesn't have to be your audience um so gamers are dead find a new audience and so all of these all of these blokes sitting on on youtube went 
what what on earth is happening here? Why is the game industry or the gaming press turning against us? And how mm. comes all of these articles were released on one day? Is there some sort of collusion going on behind the scenes between these journalists alongside the sex scandal as well? How deep this, the, does the corruption go? Um, and they really, really pushed on it. Um, but how much of that could have, I mean, like, I don't know, maybe you know, maybe you know more examples, but it's like, wasn't it, you're saying 2004, right? Uh, 20, 2014. 2014. Now, does that coincide with the push of mobile gaming and freemium apps? Because that's why people were talking about that. Like there was um, – was it IGN made, named Steve Jobs the most influential man in the history of gaming around that time? I remember thinking it was ridiculous just because – but so many people use their iPhone to play whatever, video slots or whatever, that he's technically created more video game users than any other person. Yeah, you're, you're very right. And uh, one of the big um, pushbacks against this sort of straight white male um, gaming identity or gamer identity uh, was was the argument that actually about 50% of gamers uh, are, are women uh, because women play a lot of mobile games. Mm -hmm. So you had those hardcore gamers going, but that's not a real gamer. A real gamer likes their Call of Duty, likes their Tekken, likes their sports games. They don't play Candy Crush. Um, but you had the gaming press going, no, actually, these these sort of, you know, Karens, as we call them today, these Karens who like their Candy Crush, they're real gamers. Um, and that, again, was just a, another dig at this identity and just, just carried on the uh, the controversy. Well, that's the thing, because you you're using it. Now you're just playing, at that point, you're playing semantic games with language right it's what these mm -hmm. guys have considered as because i remember um years ago being like oh i was thinking of, i was thinking about getting a wii or something 10 years ago whatever whenever the wii was big and i said it to my buddy rob who's a huge video game guy and he goes that's not for serious gamers and i was like yeah dude i haven't owned a video game system since you could boot like marvel versus capcom on dreamcast like i just want to like play yeah. wii sport like i don't i have a switch in the house like i have an old xbox that somebody gave me I don't have a problem playing 10 year old video games. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. it's just a kill time for me personally. Like whenever I'm fucking around, like it's like, so, but it's like those guys took that as an assault on their identity. And you're saying that, that that's kind of a big part of what big kind of grew of into the anti SJW movement, which I think has merit. It's just some of these extreme portions of it. Yeah, well, don't don't forget as well. Going back to the the sort of pushback against um, evangelical Christian uh, Christianity and things like that. At the same time, there was this very big focus on um, complex scientific approaches to understanding the world. Mm -hmm. um, so facts and logic, and you might remember the the old uh, the old the old adage from Ben Shapiro, which was facts don't care about your feelings. So at the time, there was this real big rational focus. So when you had uh, you know. A, a lot of women and, and some men as well were sort of saying, well, do you know what? I'm a feminist. Uh, I, I think the patriarchy is a real big problem. You That then gave these people ammo to go, but you're not viewing the world rationally and you're not viewing it factually. You're, you're viewing it through this uh, social justice lens and this is a problem. Um, as I said, you had the pickup artist uh, manospheres type of thing. And a lot of their focus was on really understanding uh, female psychology and, and how to, I say manipulate, but, but manipulate women into having sex with you. They were saying, hey guys, 
you you're young men you want to get laid every young man wants to get laid i will teach you the tips and tricks of how to pick up women at a bar you know that you're not a looker i know you're not a great looker but you don't need it when you have my product here of how to how to sleep with women um but what we have seen or what i've seen anyway is that real complex rational scientific understanding of the world has fallen away completely um and even in that sort of right-leaning sphere if you want we start to see a lot of focus on mythologizing and storytelling and and trying to understand the world through that perspective um you know now has that become has that okay so that's so that's kind of where i come into things is so i understand so when it comes to the rational thinking aspect of things that's kind of where i lean and it's mm -hmm. like when people start extrapolating into emotional feelings like i mean whatever so when when joe biden when they announced his i live in a fairly diverse neighborhood right when they announced that he had won the election there were people screaming in the streets i'm sitting outside with a friend of mine and i look at him and i go these people are cheering for the man who wrote the most racist piece of legislation post Jim Crow. Like this is not, like you may think he's better, but this isn't worth celebrating. Like, you know, you understand what yeah. I mean? Like you may think he's better than Trump, but this is not worth celebrating. And this person looked me in my face and said, you don't have empathy for other people. Do you not hear that? Do you not feel that? And I go, that does not matter. And it does not absolve Joe Biden for destroying a generation of black men. Problem is, though, Chris, you're, 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 you're thinking about this logically. Think of it like a wrestling show. You know, mm -hmm. Joe Biden has just done a, a baby face turn. People love it. You know, Donald Trump was the heel. People love that. And that's the thing to, to, to view it rationally. There's, there's only so far that rationality can, can take you. And that's where my field of, of risk research really comes into it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 1969, I believe it was a nuclear engineer by the name of Chauncey star wrote and published this article. And basically he said, you know, we as, as nuclear engineers know that nuclear power is the safest form of energy right mm -hmm. we know this this is this is something that is uh the, the the nuclear energy community accept why is it then that the public are terribly afraid of nuclear energy um and he basically asked the question in the paper is how safe is safe enough how safe do we have to make nuclear technology before people accept it and the field of risk research has painstakingly mm -hmm. gone through all the all the sort of psychology of things and have come to the realization that that people generally tend to live tribal lives and anything that is presented to them they view it through their own lens and filter that information through their own sense of social values mm -hmm. um so one of the big studies was done in 1995 in Detroit and what uh, Paul Slovic did and his team did was basically just just ask people you know how how dangerous do you think this is and they, they gave people a list and there was stuff like you know x-rays flying in an airplane um, motor vehicles and street drugs right big list of stuff and what they found was was very interesting uh, in the well none of those things are particularly dangerous let's just well x-rays no but what and, and street drugs yeah probably you know it, it depends on who you are and and your 
perspective of those things mm -hmm. but what they generally found uh, typically found was that white men tended to to rank everything as being far less dangerous than white women uh, black men and and black women so there was a difference in perception of risk so uh, even uh, things like x-rays men tend to view them far less risky women black men and black women tended to view them as being far more risky so mm. there was this this demographic shift in how people uh viewed things as being dangerous except for when it came to motor vehicles now it's very interesting because both uh, black men and white men said no cars are not dangerous at all they're, they're very much not a problem mm. whereas both uh, black women and white women went yes actually we view uh, motor vehicles as being very very dangerous so that well we all know what that comes down to come on but that's that's the thing at the time there was a big question of but why is that well why mm -hmm. is there this gender difference why is there this racial difference and so the field of risk research sort of broke away from even psychology and started asking more uh society based questions and yeah there is some things that say you know uh women have to look after well have to, women look after children they have their maternal instincts mm -hmm. they're they're sort of prone to view things as being more dangerous whereas men are more risk seeking um especially in 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 uh combative terms and stuff like that so it's gotten to the point now at least in the field where we're starting to ask well how do uh, institutions media platforms media stations how do they manipulate the information in order to uh, present a hazard as being more risky uh, which is risk amplification or less risky which is risk attenuation and mm. so for example I could just say Donald Trump's wall and some people go yeah that that would would have protected America from from uh, uh, Mexican street drugs Mexican opioids coming over the border whereas some people go actually no we view this as as absolutely um dangerous it would um it would mean more riskier border crossings um and things like that so even just something like the wall uh brings up so many different perspectives on how dangerous something is mm -hmm. okay so uh your you guys research and what what's the name of the project again that you guys are working on the uh, technology and social change project Okay, so you guys are focused largely on what's going on with misinformation on Telegram, right? That's what I'm focusing on. Um, we've got other members of the team who focus on uh, sort of digital rights issues more broadly, privacy okay. rights more broadly, um, other platforms like uh, Twitter, Facebook, all sorts of things on the go. Okay, but when it relates to this, like you sent me a, a you sent me a graph the other day of just the amount of time since January 6th, things like white genocide. And, you know, these are and this is kind of comes back to what we were talking about before, where you said that, like, these are people who started off as rational thinkers that have become irrational because there's no reason to think that there is a plot for a white genocide other than maybe some fringe people on the left have posted memes that white women should not be impregnated by white men. And those are also very fringe people. The yeah. average Democrat. Well, it's like it, it. And so now this is building. And you're saying that this probably has contributed, obviously contributed to Charlottesville. It's uh, contributed to January 6th. It's in, in this feeling of overall uh, fear in society. Yeah. Um, so. At One least for the, these for these particular white men. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 my big concern, this sense of radicalization of of well white men yeah uh, the, the sense of 
uh, people started off having quite legitimate concerns about government, about the, the sort of wider neoliberal shifts, um, about, you know, can I own a house when I when I get older, you know, especially for Zoom? Can I own a house now at the age of 40? Is this is this something that's now being blocked off to me because of this this global um, economic uh, system that we live in? So, you know, very legitimate concerns. Mm -hmm. um, but they are being supplied a, a very steady stream of content by people who always are one step down the, the sort of extremism ladder. And also people who are very, people who are very, people who are extreme because they, they do, I do believe a lot of these people believe what they're saying. But like when I see a meme that says somebody like, there's a weird thing that goes around often that um, boomers could all own houses with a minimum wage income, but probably in the, not in the most desirable places in the country, they couldn't all own houses in Beverly Hills. So it's all being shared by people in major, like, so whatever, I bought a house this year, yeah, 140K. Nice, right? well done. Yeah, it was a two, it's a two, it's a rental property. I just make rent off of it. The mortgage is $800 a month. Yep. If you rented out the top apartment and you had minimum wage, even with an FHA loan, you could put like 10 grand down on a house like that. You could own a two family house and you'd be, you can more than pay for that with minimum wage. So it's like, I don't understand where the irrationality comes from some people. Are they just not actually it's a it, it drives me personally nuts because i'm like are you not looking at this well that's that's the thing it's not that they're they're not looking at it it's the stories like yours don't get told you know you don't hear of the you don't hear of the the the, the person who did put 10 grand down on a house turn like, flips it as a, as a rental property and was able to move and progress mm -hmm. uh you know disaster sells disaster sells newspapers mm -hmm. disaster sells in the in the social media content realm um and it goes back to goes back to what i was saying game gate these you got these people who realize that they could make money they've got into this this sphere if you want of catering information for right-leaning individuals who are a little bit concerned about some aspects of society and they just hit them again and again and again with this is how terrible life is this is how terrible your life will be you will never succeed and the reason for that is and then it depends on who you're listening to you know you, you you'll get some people say well it's the politicians who's the problem and then a few steps down the the, the extremism ladder you end up at actually no it's all a jewish conspiracy to to keep the goyim down um but the, those sort of small success stories are never really told you're the only sort of success stories you get are things like Donald Trump and and those those sort of massive multi million dollar uh, uh, successes, um, but yeah, the, the the sort of small successes are never told, and it's this idea that small town America, small America, is dead, dying, and gone because of globalism. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, the big question there is, well, why has that happened? Who allowed that to happen? Who do we blame? Whose fault is it? Um, and again, these these um, content creators, if you want, they have the answer. But the thing is, they've got to keep up with the times and they've got to keep the focus on uh, more radical answers to the world. Take, for example, Alex Jones um, in his in his recent um, uh, court case. He, he says that actually, no, he's moving away from telling news and he's focusing on more spiritual conversations. Well, he's been, 
to, to so, interrupt you. Sorry. He's been doing that for a while because it, he had to basically, he pulled, he pulled the Jerry Springer defense to keep his, to keep being able to see his kids. Yep. So that was a few years ago. So Alex Jones is like, but here actually, while we're on the subject, I want to bring it back to you because Alex Jones is pretty important in what I want to talk about. So post 9-11, this is an interesting thing when it comes to disinformation. I don't think that these people are continuing to move the needle necessarily. A lot of them are rehashing old things. And it it, it is this interesting thing. And it, that's why I brought up, I don't think people are paying attention. So I had somebody say to me something about um, COVID and FEMA camps. Hmm. Um, and like it was a right wing person. And they were kind of saying, they were saying that this all ends, the COVID passport, all this ends in FEMA camps. Now, I remember that narrative post 9-11 from Bush, not from like a Biden or a Fauci. Like, I remember that. And I'm like, I made the joke because I thought everybody remembered that conspiracy theory from 20 years ago. So I made the joke. I go, just I literally go, just like government construction going over time. You know what I mean? They've been building those FEMA camps since 9-12. And fucking... People were like, what are you talking about? I was like, you didn't read that 20 years ago? And they're like, no. And I'm like, we're the same age. <laughs> it's not this is a child. Yeah, and that's that's, that's one of the things that, that I've noticed as well in my own sort of social networks. Um, back in 2014, you know, I was listening to people say, oh, I've had enough of this feminism stuff. I've had enough of this uh, diversity stuff. And that was very much isolated to this very small little community uh, of, of Gamergate. But now I'm starting to get friends who go, do you know what? I don't understand why every advert, there needs to be a black man and a white woman. You know, and, they they're spotting these little things that were small community um issues yeah back sort of 10 and, years ago now and that's not even uh like that's like a weird i i'm knowing guys who are just kind of like yeah like i'm not playing like i know guys who are like outwardly presenting like woke on social media like woke like people of color who are kind of just like ah some of this trans shit's a little much you know what i mean I, I've, I've, I've got gay uncles and we were sitting, we were sitting around the dinner table and, and one of them's like, I don't understand what this queer thing is about. When I was young, being, being queer was an insult and now people are taking it on. Why would you want to be queer? Just be gay. Um, so people are getting very much fed up with it and they're seeing it and people are starting to want to go to the internet to say, do you know what, I've had enough of this. And they're finding that their uh, conversations are being uh, moderated, they're being banned from places. Um, as I was saying, uh, when, when you look at the, the far-right um, misinformation network on Telegram, uh, January 6th saw the biggest increase in users in that, in that network than I'd ever seen. Well, um, how, how big was the spike after they had put up those Hunter Biden videos two weeks ago? Because uh, I didn't have Telegram until I found out I could watch Hunter Biden get his dick sucked on Telegram. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to pretend I did. No, no, no it's fine. Uh, but no, little, little things like that, they, they don't really move the needle. You need big things like, mm-hmm. like, like January 6th. And I, I haven't looked at the data yet, but I would speculate that the uh, the, the raid of Mar-a-Lago or the execution okay. of the search warrant, that would also move the needle. Because what has also happened is internet users have generally gotten older. Mm-hmm. Um, so whereas 10 years ago, the internet was uh, you know a, a sort of millennial and young Gen Z type thing, um, it was still very cloistered. What we're seeing now 
is, you know, your your mum and dad is on, on Facebook. Uh, so over the past 10 years, there's been a great onboarding of the older Gen Xers and, 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 the, and the boomers. But now they've even gotten to the point where they feel comfortable leaving Facebook, leaving Twitter, leaving YouTube, leaving those big Web 2.0 uh, systems that, that attracted them online. So they're more willing to go to places like Telegram, like Truth Social, like Rumble, uh, because they, they want to start using the internet now rather than just having a, a app that gives them the information. Okay. So let's, let's, let's break down. We've talked a lot in the last minute or two, but let's just, uh, let's, let's go back a little bit. Um, when we were talking about the, the people getting fed up with stuff and finding these places, how much do you think that these people are kind of being, so like, let's put it this way, black guy, white woman in a commercial does not matter. Mm -hmm. That's not an important thing that we should ever be talking about. Like I don't, no one should care about that even a little bit. Right. Um, However, there are these things that come out like was there what was the uh, there was the museum in Washington, D.C. that put out this thing about whiteness where it was like being on time is a sign of whiteness, which is bad. like so it's like these are arguments that we should be having. But these arguments all get lumped together and we can't have them broader socially because they are taken off like you are considered if if I point that out to somebody who's on the far left, if I go, hey, look, read this. This is a little much. And I don't think we should be teaching like here's the thing. Kids should learn about slavery. Kids yep. should not be learning like five year olds should not be learning concepts of privilege on a broader emotional thing. They don't have broader emotions. Their emotions are candy and school. That's it. Yep. You know, what, you understand what I mean? So it's like that, that's a debate we should have civilly. Like, look, there is a debate to be had about child drag shows. There is no debate to be had about gay marriage. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, but these things, it, where is it? Okay. So what is, what is the correlation? I'm kind of asking you, what is the correlation between these people being pushed further and further into these kind of crackpot ideas that ends with Jewish conspiracies, right? And what is the correlation with that? And just kind of being like, hey, this seems kind of funky on like an actual thing that I think even we, we can both agree. Like some of these things I want, like, I don't think like like I was we talked about this on Notes of Agoon a couple of weeks ago. I, I brought up a, a, a video from PBS about um, library drag story time at a library, a public library. And I go, so now here's the problem with this. And I play the clip and it's a bunch of the Proud Boys yelling gay slurs. Right. And then I go, OK, that's a big problem. And then I go, let's play some more of this. And then it's literally the reporter going, well, why do you think these guys are doing that? And I and they go. They just hate gay people. I'm like, I don't know. There's there's a huge jump between I don't think there should be drag queen story hour. And I now the Proud Boys definitely hate gay people. But I think there's a debate and I don't think the drag queen story hour is a big deal, really. Yeah, what you're what you're touching on there uh, is, is known as the the dialogic model of communication. You've got you've got two two big approaches. So generally, it's it's believed that people who hold ignorant views, let's say, they are just simply not aware of, of the correct information. Mm -hmm. That's known as the, um, oh, the name, the name escapes me now, uh, the deficit model. They, th these people are just in a knowledge deficit. So therefore, if the media systems give them the correct information, they'll reach an enlightened perspective. Mm -hmm. That's the deficit. And that comes out of science communication thing. What's that called? The deficit model. Okay. Uh, 
But what a lot of risk research has demonstrated is actually no, the deficit model doesn't work in science communication because uh, what you do is you totally ignore the underlying socio-political issues. Mm -hmm. um, one, one, one big case in the UK was there was a real big pushback against uh, cell phone towers, mm -hmm. right? They, they were putting up cell phone towers and people were really concerned about them. Um, and, and there was, you know, direct action to, to knock these cell phone towers down. Um, so the, the um, deficit model approach would be, well, no, we just need to tell these people that, um, that, that mobile, that cell phones are, you know, they're not risky, they're not going to give you brain cancer, they're not a problem. Until you start realising that actually they were starting to wanting to put cell phone towers on, on top of schools and people went, no, you're kind of taking the piss here. So that was where the dialogic model comes in because they got all the stakeholders there to sit down and say, right, what is your problem here? What what don't you like about cell phone towers? And they went, we just don't want them in our schools. <laughs> like, okay. Put them out in the field, put them away from people. Um, we just don't want them here. And that's what we're seeing a lot with the, 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 the sort of far right stuff is when you look at it, there is a legitimate concern somewhere. And it's just being able to find what that concern is and actually represent that within the media discourse. Because as you said, a lot of the focus seems to be, well, these people have a problem with X, that's because they are homophobic, they are racist, they are anti-Semitic, they are all of these, these buzzwords. At the same time, you've got an entire media ecosystem existing that will serve them those narratives they want to hear, mm -hmm. that will say to these people, hey, do you know what? We agree with you. We agree that, yes, this is a problem and here's why it's a problem. Mm -hmm. So the, the actual um, mediated discussion, the, the, the calm discussion about the problems and what should happen in, in a deliberative democracy is deliberation. People mm -hmm. should talk and communicate and present their facts and, and sort of present, present these things. That doesn't seem to be happening for very specific issues. Um, but then, like I said, there's people sitting there saying, ah, but I've got the answers. And going back to what you were saying about there's people you know, saying, essentially, hold on, there's people saying, essentially, you're not crazy. Come here. Yeah. And then they well, kind of now they have you. And I want to talk to I want to talk about this because I saw this with Trump. I blame the media coverage for January 6th as much as I blame Donald Trump. The, ma the media coverage of Donald Trump for four years led to January 6th because you had millions of people who felt that the only person who was telling them the truth was Donald Trump. Well, it's not just that. It's the, the comparison as well between the media coverage of Donald Trump over those four years and then the converse coverage of Joe Biden. Uh, you know, for four years, you had mainstream media, you know, really questioning uh, Trump's mental state. You know, this, this he's a madman. Uh, you know, we should impeach him. Uh, he's a narcissist. We, we, we should impeach him. Very big concerns about Trump's mental state. And then Joe Biden comes on the scene and he does seem pretty senile but no one wants to question Joe Biden's mental state. That's sort of not a discussion that's taking place. There's no calls in the mainstream media to say, do you know what, maybe we should kind of impeach mm. Joe Biden here because they, we do have questions about his mental state. So people are, are, are seeing those um, major differences in, in, in the conversation and they're sort of going, well, why is that? And going back to what you were saying about the FEMA camps after 9-11 and people not quite realising that that's been in the works for however long, once people start 
figuring things out and wanting to look for this information, there is this sense of, of revelatory discovery to all this. It's a sense of actually how deep does the rabbit hole go? Um, and that in itself can be quite addictive, um, or at least that's my opinion, that it, it can be quite addictive and really pushes people to hunt and search for new information. And then you start coming across very manipulative um influencers who would say things like do you know what i may be wrong but at least i'm not lying what a great cop out that one is that enables you to to pump anything you want out and if the second it's proven wrong to you you go hey i'm not lying to you like the mainstream media does you can trust me i am authentic and it's that sense of authenticity mm. as well very very resonant at the moment because again people do not trust the the mainstream media major questions about funding who's in charge of of what goes out in mainstream media well even beyond that i mean and I, this is a, this is an interesting thing to me um and i want to talk about this when it, when it comes when it comes to so i've i've said this and it was kind of like this weird thing where it's like people on the left don't know about some of these like um anecdotal examples that of crt in schools or something like that right and they don't know about it because they're not seeking them out, right? So they, they, they don't know that these things even exist. They're like, that doesn't exist. And you show them examples and they kind of go, okay, that does exist, but it's probably not that big of a problem. But they didn't know the existence of it. And I think that kind of goes back to, I've been saying this since Donald Trump became the president. I'm not a fan of Donald Trump. I grew up working in a restaurant. I Once he came out and said what he said about South American immigrants, I could never be a Donald Trump supporter, right? Mm. It's just not the way it would ever, it, it could never go down for me that way. However, I did start noticing a lot of very broad falsehoods in reporting. So like when he first became president, um, there was this a bunch of articles came out that just said 95 percent of the State Department resigns in anticipation of Donald Trump becoming president. Now, I, as somebody who thinks with my brain, I go, I wonder if that just happens whenever there's a new president. Because they were hired by the old president with those views. So I looked it up and it turned out it was very common. However, I saw that article shared 50 times on Facebook by people in their 30s who should have rational thinking minds, but they wanted to be panicked about it. And then so once you and here's the thing is like that article took place in several different places. You saw it and you'd start you'd start to see these things pop up with like statistics being misused in any number of um websites and any number of news sources and you kind of start to go okay well this is pushing these people's narrative and if i disagree with it i'm anti facts but it's like it this is false and it's yeah. like so now i'm getting to the point where i'm constantly defending donald trump despite disliking him because even like when it came to the trade war in china this has been a problem and this was caused by in my opinion uh, largely caused by like we never should have let China into the IMF. And that was like that was started by the, the Clintons and kind of like fostered through the Bush era. And we never should have done that. But it was like people were talking about this tree where I was like, well, you know, there's a lot of problems with intellectual property theft in China. And just in general, just like there's a lot of arbitrator cases that aren't going through. And people are going, where'd you read that? I'm like the economist 10 years ago. Like, this is not a bad thing. It's just people are talking about it. and like the amount of people who would come out and be like, well, tariffs are secret taxes. I was like, you didn't say that to all the other tariffs that exist. Like, it's just like, and it's like, I think people just, and, and I think, so again, like I said, I found myself constantly 
defending Donald Trump in not even like in a I'm defending Donald Trump. I'm saying this is business as usual. Yeah, I'm anti business as usual. <laughs> but I'm just saying I'm like, I'm like, you're freaking out for the wrong fucking reasons. The, the thing is, business as usual does not sell news stories. And this is um, a, a major issue with, with the mainstream media. So as part of uh, my, my PhD, I interviewed um, several, quite a few uh, British journalists science science journalists right so one of my one of my first interviews uh it was an old boy that i was interviewing and you know i quite naively said you know uh, so tell me uh, how how in your career do you think you you helped improve the public understanding of science right and he stopped me and he you know in a very genteel british way was like uh, 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 let, let, let me stop you right there uh my job was never to improve the public understanding of science uh my job was to sell newspapers boom that blew my mind at the time because I didn't even think that, yeah, actually these 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 people who are writing these these science news stories, they've got to impress their editors. They there is a financial motive behind it. Now, new, stu new study finds is the number one clickable thing. If you're not if you're in a time with very little civil unrest, not a lot of war, no polarizing political candidates, new study finds exactly what you want to hear or the exact opposite of whatever you want to hear is the most clickable link outside of an aberration. Yeah. But what really messed journalism up was moving to online. Online publication absolutely destroyed journalism uh, because they they just struggled raising revenue. So what a lot of my interviewees were saying to me was that there's always been a time pressure in journalism. There's always been a time pressure to produce your stories. But since moving online, that pressure is, is now immediate. You are laser focused on being the first person to get a story up. What also then happens is they've got to churn out several stories in a day, right? So what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and take the time to phone up an expert who to, might say, oh, actually, now you got to phone this other person. Or are you just going to click on a press release that's produced that has all the information that you need? It's got your graphs. It's got your statement. It's got how can we change policy to address this issue? Just retype that up, 500 words, 1,000 words, news story, hit send, work on the next one. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my interviews are saying that journalism is, is absolutely devastating journalism at the moment. And beyond that as well... What would you call it? Journalism? Journalism. Just the idea of churning out news story after news story based off of press releases and things like that. Mm -hmm. And you've got and journalists have got press releases coming in from all over the places, universities, uh, non nonprofit organizations, everyone's producing information for journalists. And so when you've got to write several stories a day, you just go, okay. I work for this publication. I know what sells to the people, what will get them to click on specific things. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump got pissed on by, by Russian hookers. Boom, that's a story right there. Okay, let's move on. Um, well, we did a story last week. We did a, we did, we did a story last week. Uh, it was a CNN story where the headline was, I believe, um, entire North Carolina police department resigns after black woman began uh, becomes new town manager. And, mm -hmm. and they like the whole first five paragraphs were like, is this racially motivated? And then, then in the sixth paragraph, it goes, well, some people don't think it's racially motivated because the last town manager was also black. <laughs> it's in the sixth paragraph. 
So now in order to find the actual information, you have to scroll through five, two full pages of side ads. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. They, they, they don't expect people to, to do that. Um, you know, it, it's a headline economy. Um, clickbait titles have been a thing on YouTube for however long. And it's also a thing in, in, in journalism. So you've got your, you've got your headline, which, okay, granted headlines are not normally written by the journalists themselves. They're normally written by the, the sub editor. Um, but then you've got your lead and your first few paragraphs that's to, to, to sort of get the message across. And then you start adding the context and that's always been a thing in, in journalism it, it was called editing uh, cutting from the bottom but the problem is well I said the thing is now news isn't presented in a physical paper so journalists have virtually unlimited space to add as much information as they want so they'll bury that stuff a lot further down um because they've already sold their story by that point okay yeah i've actually talked about this a bunch like back in the day i remember being taught how to read the newspaper freshman year of high school, New York Times, they go, hey, look, if you're following a story, because they were like, you have to read the, uh, the newspaper every day. And we're like, how the fuck are we going to read this all every day? And yeah. they, my, I remember the teacher going, no, you don't have to do that. You read the first paragraph, right? If you've already read this main article from the day before, the first two paragraphs should be all the new information since yesterday on this subject. If you're reading about, say, the Iraq war. And it's just not a you, it takes a long time to find any information in any news article that yeah. isn't a print news article. I still get that's why like people will always give me shit. Like it's like whatever you think about the biases in the economist, they have a certain amount of space per week. I'm mm -hmm. getting the information in a page. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, and, and that's why I do that. And it's like my buddy, my buddy Dave always is, says, he's like, he's like, you will get more news from one hour of the PBS news hour than 24 hours of CNN in any given day. Yeah, and I mean that's that, that's why things like podcasts are, are, are really taking off because it is that that long form content that people can listen to and just spend the time with. Um, but as 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 we were saying, you know, there's just this this branch of society that's not being catered to by um, mainstream news. Well, not even mainstream news, just just responsible journalists. Uh, who who sort of really want to focus on the balance? Um, who really want to 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 get the issues across? But okay, maybe responsible journalist was was a, a me misspeaking because they are there are pressures. There are definitely pressures on them. But the other side of things is as well. Don't forget we, that there is a, an entire generation now that, that sort of what well, in their in their thirties of you know generation of millennials and older who when they were growing up all of the the media manipulation was done by the right you know especially mm -hmm. around um the war on terror you know not finding weapons of mass destruction uh was was one of the the biggest hits to trust in in uh us institutions ever and it's called organized responsibility but that's, that's, that's neither here nor there um but you know there was big questions about uh the coke brothers funding uh media uh, about advertisers funding media um and as we were saying as well about evangelical um christians really buying out um school districts and things like that so that was sort of a formative uh, era for a lot of people mm -hmm. and so th there's a sense of that has never gone away that there are these these right-wing institutions that sure. are just waiting on on, on the outskirts to, to pounce and and sort of take back america quote unquote but there's a weird analogy now where you're getting some of like it's not evangelical christians 
It's not the Koch brothers, but it's Jeff Bezos and fucking people who are like evangelical in their thoughts on social justice, right? Like, so it's like it is these people who are pearl clutchers and the and the very wealthy on on the other side, and they're kind of creating this feedback that I don't think it's like I I got into an argument with a friend recently about um, January sixth, and he literally said the words "There is a white Taliban being." Uh, created in this country of uh, angry white men. And you can't, if you say anything that even relates to anything that these guys are saying, you are on their side by giving them any credence. And I literally was just like, dude, I did not other brown folks in the Middle East after 9-11. 9-11 was worse than January 6th, as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going to do it to white guys in the Midwest now. Like, I'm just not doing it. Like it's it, and it's like there, there's this one to one almost like allegory with what they're doing. And it's just it's the war on terror all over again, just turned inward. And it's it's bizarre. And I, I don't and it's going to make it it's going to make it worse. It took 12 FBI informants. What was it, it was 12 FBI informants to get 14 guys to talk about kidnapping the governor. That's <laughs> and there's not there's very little talk about that. And it's like kind of like, guys, that's bad but the fbi and the cia are bad like they, they sold coke in la in the 90s like let's yeah i mean that's that's the thing as well especially after the the fbi raid you know it's, it's a question of people are going well fbi agents are being threatened and it's like yeah fbi agents have been threatened for forever however long the cia you had edward snowden and, and people like that who are willing to go to prison just to demonstrate you know how how insidious the intelligence agencies can be mm -hmm. um but no you're right there very much is this this tribal approach to it and the thing is people seem to have forgotten the lessons of the war on terror um again i i remember a lot of the the islamophobia and a lot of the big focus on you know muslims are, are really bad people muslims are even here in the uk muslims are coming over and they're they're gonna radically change your your society and uh you know they, were, they, they really were, just came over and sold tasty food like well, even then for the, for the most part yeah but even then yeah you did have a few a few men who who did plan terror attacks and, sure. and did, did plot things and you go well fuck me no wonder why they're they're very pissed off because all we've been doing for for the past few years is saying that you as a brown muslim man are a threat you are a massive problem and it's only sort of after we've gone oh do you know what maybe that's not a really not a, a great way of approaching this how can we win these people back to a, a sense of rationality mm -hmm. and then we sort of said all right maybe maybe we should tone it down just a little bit and then that sort of got displaced onto uh sort of focusing on on whiteness and so you've got these got these vulnerable might have some very vulnerable young men who like i said are very unsure about their place in the world now getting told by a lot of the institutions that actually your sense of whiteness your sense of masculinity is inherently harmful you are an inherent threat mm -hmm. um and it's only so it's only gonna take so much before people start going okay yeah if, if i'm supposed to be the bad guy i'll be the bad guy and you know i, I don't know if you've heard of him but but andrew tate for example yeah, yeah. is really um rebuilding that that sort of um sense of the bad well, he's, he's building up the bad boy manosphere he's sort of saying Do you know what if the world's gonna hate me uh as as a bloke 
I'm going to be a bloke. I'm going to fuck bitches and get money. Um, and I'm going to make a make a great living while doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Try and stop me. What can you say? He, he's he's found a gap in the market and he's pursuing it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's yeah. I mean, it, it's so. What do you think? Okay, so you're doing. You guys are doing all this research. You're collecting all of this. Is there? And it's obviously not your place to make a suggestion on how to fix it. But where does this go? Like, how do we? How do we as a society fix this? Because I don't have a voice. This interview doesn't have the voice that anybody on the far extremes of either of these sides are. And it's like this weird thing where it's like we're talking about the mainstream media is giving these opinions, which is causing these people to go into these kind of like hidey holes. But the hidey holes are starting to have massive, massive uh, uh, appeal. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's like Andrew Tate's got millions of views and forget him. I'm talking about the guys who were like, what were the numbers that you sent me on about Telegram? Just like the oh, sheer well, volume of millions of people who are in these like little like recesses of the Internet doing horrible things. I think the the most startling bit day that, that that I found, and the uh, the I'm aiming to get the project uh, published um, by the end of August, might be might be mid September, but around that time. Um, but one of the most startling things was that the uh, the far right um, Telegram network, and this was this was a network that I designed to purely focus on the far right. So so not your average user who might have gone on just to laugh at some funny memes and talk about people who are producing content in this in this sphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it rose to about five thousand uh, central channels um by the end of 2021 um between 2017 and 2020 that network had uh two billion views so that's not bad over a good few years yeah uh 2021 that shot up to over 11 billion views so that's five billion in one year yeah so it's five billion views on the on this content in one year and this is and what what is uh, are you kind of under the impression that these are these are not people these are people being radicalized because they're not getting their opinions in any way shape or form catered to so they're finding radicalization gradually i wouldn't i wouldn't go so far as to say that i'd say the, the, the these are people who are engaged in in a radical milieu they they there is this space is a radical space it is a space full of misinformation mm-hmm. my big concern is that you will get you will get people who are quite vulnerable you know they they might have mental health issues um they might not be in the best place in their life hell their, their girlfriend might have left them and and you know they're trying to find something to fill the void um they're engaged in this space um, and the thing is with, with Telegram is that there's a sense of authentic curation around the content. So what you see is based on who you follow. And, you know, you can start following one channel that recommends another channel that mm-hmm. recommends another channel. It's like so anything can, else. Well, you say that, but but Twitter and, and Facebook at the moment is more algorithmic. You know, you, you will get shown things based on what the algorithm wants to show you. Like the other day, uh, I was scrolling through Twitter and Twitter recommended me a, a, a tweet from um, one of the, the English ladies football team, uh, one of the ladies on there. I don't do soccer. I don't care about soccer, men's soccer, women's soccer. I don't care. But for some reason, Twitter decided that I really needed to see this post from uh, one of the, the members of, of England's ladies football team. So you don't get that on 
Telegram. What you get is what the channel owner wants to see. And if you've had enough of that, you just scroll on to another channel, scroll on to another channel. So you can really get yourself down a, a, a rabbit hole. And also what we're seeing uh, emerge now in the wider sphere is um, what, what's, what's called conspirituality. Mm -hmm. So it is blending conspiracy theories with a sense of new age spiritualism. So things like, uh, you know, energies and, and well, you know, I mean... realigning your chakra, but also twinning that in with a sense of, uh, you know, everything is evil, there are demons that are actually at work and they're trying to manipulate your energy. So it's stuff that is really appealing to people. Mm -hmm. um, well, there's also, I mean, that exists in Nazism. I mean, I yeah. don't know if you know anything about the Order of the Nine Angles. Not uh, specifically about them, but I do know that, that there was a heavy occult element to-, to No, 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 Nazism. I'm talking about modern Nazism. Oh, uh, no. Like, like um, there's a branch off of Adam Waffen, which I don't think it's, it, which is a funny thing about like information is like, everybody knows about the Proud Boys. I've talked about that on uh, on the show a lot, where it's like, nobody knows about these guys who are actually like terrifyingly dangerous. They know about the Proud Boys who are kind of silly. You know what I mean? Like it's, and so, but they don't know about, there's a division of Adam Waffen called the Order of the Nine Angles that believe that the white race will inherit the universe and invade space. Like, and it has like, aspects of demonology involved in it and i like read a little bit about it and i was like this is a little much for me um I, i'm gonna take a step back <laughs> i'm done yeah i've yeah. reached my limit all right all right yeah it's it's it, it, it and it's so there is that and it does appeal to people because people want to believe i think there is this thing whatever there's a larger broader talk of religion not existing the way it should in our brains anymore People want to believe – that's why people believe conspiracy theories. That's why people believe in aliens. That's why people believe in Bigfoot. They want their, They want the world to be more than the four walls of their house and their job. Yeah. and But then that's, that's, that's the thing as well. You know, if, if you've got a mate who believes in Bigfoot and he spends the weekend going out Bigfoot hunting, is he doing any harm? Him and his, him and his pals, they take their truck to the woods, they walk around the woods for a bit, and then they come home stuff like that is not a problem and he's trying to find the, the 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 healthy way to indulge and engage in the the fantastic and the mythology and stuff like that and i think that some of that is a big pushback against yeah you've got disney that sort of owns all of the mythology at the moment mm -hmm. and beyond that all of the 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 sort of american cultural stories are, are now being uh, framed in such a way as to encourage division and encourage these arguments and they're doing it because they think that they're doing the right thing but it's just winding people up at the same time you've got the this this new form of podcasting you've got new um social media platforms that are sharing videos and, and this sort of content and it is Ooh. brand new it's exciting it's novel and it is, it is selling it's selling mythology um and people want to engage in it well, it's an interesting thing. It's like you said, it's like people think they're just they're helping, but they're winding people up. It's it's this weird thing. It's like we'll take Joe Rogan, for an example. Right. Joe Rogan is very polarizing. Mm -hmm. But Joe Rogan, in and of himself, he might have some views you don't agree with, but he's not pushing Nazism or Jewish conspiracies. Yeah. You know what I mean? But what people will do is they'll go, well, he talked to a guy who talked to a guy who believes this. And you go, so what? Yeah. Even if you talk to Alex Jones, who probably believes that shit. You got kind of go, so what? Like, here's the thing is like the people who are engaging with his content 
for nine hours a week. No, Joe Rogan's not a piece of human garbage. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They just know he's a guy who's curious. That's the whole fucking thing. But if you're calling him a piece of human garbage, well, we go, well, we know you're lying. It's everything that you go, well, we know you're all lying. And, yeah. and it's put, so it's like, how do you, how do you convince the broader world that thinks they're helping, that they're hurting and pushing these people into these places and making things worse? Or do they need that boogeyman anyway? Do they, like, that's the thing is like, that's where my brain starts going. Do they need this boogeyman? Are they doing this on purpose? And that's irrational. Well, yeah, no, because because the the, the the thing is the the similar um, systems are, are at play for that side of, of, of things. You know, they need to be sold uh, their mythologies and, and they need to be sold their way of viewing the world. Very much so the same way that the people in the more radical right sphere of things need to be sold that. And what has really fallen out of, of public discourse is this sense of, look how far we've actually come. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to Opie and Anthony and and, uh, and things like that. Hilarious, don't get me wrong, absolutely hilarious. But in inviting women in, into, the, into the recording studio, studio and putting a whiffle bat in them, um, yeah, maybe not, the, maybe not the, the, the greatest of moves, but things like that aren't really happening anymore. We're, we're not seeing that on Joe yeah. Rogan. If Rogan was to have a sex worker on his podcast, it would be to discuss what it means to be a sex worker today, mm-hmm. not to not to exploit the situation as such. Yeah, even the podcasts, I forget, there's one that keeps showing up in my feed that is a podcast where they interview porn chicks. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is just talking to them and letting them say like naughty stuff. It's and like getting stories from them. Like there was one girl who told the story of it was a similar to a Gamergate thing where she was like, yeah, I had to fuck this many dudes at Instagram to get my Instagram account get back. Mm. But that's just a story. That's not. Yeah, that's not a wiffle ball bat challenge. That's not. You know what I mean? Like it's it's which is. Yeah, exactly. We have made progress, I guess, in in that sense of the word. Uh, we're, like the, the man show was rated TV PG. <laughs> And I mean, look, look, the man show is pretty PG, but it's also incredibly misogynistic. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like we could probably live. You want to have that conversation? That's fucking fine. But then once you delve into uh, the male gaze is literally violence. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just just going back to to sort of because uh, I've, I've been playing video games for, for my life. And, and I remember, uh, you know, you you would you would say the most horrendous things to people on on uh, the Xbox Live uh, lobby, and to use the word raped would be normal. You know, if you if you beat your mate at a fighting game, you're like, ah, oh, brother, I just raped you. And then you know, people start going, actually, do you know what? We get it that you're kind of palling about here, but it's kind of a serious thing. And it sort of just died out. It naturally went away. Same as using gay. You know, same as going, ah, oh, mate, you're so gay. Stop it. The what was it? Uh, Seth, I think it was Seth Rogen in one of his movies. The 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 joke was, "Do you know how I know you're gay?" Implying that being gay yeah, is yeah, something yeah. bad. That was the forty year old virgin. That was the forty yeah, year old virgin, uh, which is a celebrated movie. Yeah, and you know, okay, was not great, but that sort of nomenclature has gone out of the public discourse, and it's allowing things to to sort of just naturally peter out, allowing people to go, "All right, do you know what? Yeah, okay, that's not a great move." We'll, 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 we'll work on it. But it's a sense now that uh, people feel forced to improve, forced to, to walk this fine line um, 
Well, I'm remiss to say this. There was a study that I'm remiss to bring this up because, you know, what I just was making fun of the studies for. There was a study that I was reading a few weeks ago where it was um, people who say that they um, go out of their way to be more politically correct at work suffer from deeper mental exhaustion. And I'm not and I'm not talking about I'm not talking about black people who have to deal with microaggressions. I'm talking about like it, it, this is like white people who go out of their way to not offend ever and like really put a focus on it, suffer extreme like further mental exhaustion than their coworkers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no way that you could be that vigilant about what you're trying to say, um, even in, in our in our conversation today. You know, there's, as I'm saying things in the back of my mind, I'm going, that could be taken so out of context. You know, someone could really, really. Oh, I'm, go- I'm going to. I'm going to. Don't worry. <laughs> but it's one of those things that you, you couldn't have a conversation if you were so worried about tripping over what mm-hmm. you're trying to say. And there is that is one of the things that has, has fallen by the wayside, at least in my opinion, is that sense of um, forgiveness, is that sense of um, what's the word I'm looking for? just just not taking everything to be the worst possible way that it could be intended you know he's giving people the benefit of the doubt that's it we're, i think about it as we're all kind of using corporate double speak and acting like the like we're all kind of so i always say this about um the new in new york city the board of health writes the regulations as if every cook is trying to murder every single one of his customers. Like that's how, like, that's how they're just, it's a revenue stream, but we all kind of view the world that way now. Like not we all, but there's a, it seems, it seems to be, and I don't even know, maybe most people probably aren't actually like this, but it seems to be that there is a, there's a large amount of like mob mentality online where there is no, there's no, there's never forget, there's no forgetting or whatever. Like, it, and it's, it, people seem to be okay with being a part. I, I always say this, if you have a tweet that you're going to write where you want to cancel somebody before you hit send, take an envelope, write an address on it and just walk to a mailbox. Don't put it in the mailbox, yeah. but if you're not willing to do that, you probably shouldn't hit send on that tweet. Yeah, very much so. It is that's one of the the other things that really isn't being discussed is the impacts that that social media does have on on people's psychologies. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we 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 know that the people get outraged and and things like that. But when does your social media use become problematic? Uh, over here in the UK, we 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 have gambling. It, it's totally totally legal. I know there's there's issues over there in the US, um, and we run big adverts on on the TV that sort of says when the fun stops, stop. You know, if you're if you're if you gamble, if you're starting to get to the point that you're losing money and it's not an enjoyable experience, stop doing it. Um, but we don't talk about social media in similar ways. Mm-hmm. We there, seem, there tends to be this idea that social media is pretty much just interactive TV. It is a content delivery system. It's not. It is its own information ecosystem. If you go on Twitter, it has its own rules. If you go on Facebook, it has its own rules. Uh, Kiwi Farms has its own rules. And even within subdomains, they had their own rules of social organization. They are very small networked communities. I, I don't like saying that, that online is a community, but it does have 
very particular ways of operating behind them mm -hmm. um so so twitter isn't just a social media platform for some people it is very much a massive part of their life mm -hmm. um and as with anything in your life you need to to look back on it and ask yourself is this harmful for me mm -hmm. you know if you're sitting there slamming six beers a night you're going to get to the point and you go do you know what I need to knock this on the head. This is not doing me any good. Um, and we know that. We know that about booze. We we know that about drugs. You know, we, we know if, if you're sitting there snorting rails of coke every night, that maybe you should knock it on the head a bit or become a comedian, one of the mm -hmm. two. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Those are your two options. So you can... <laughs> okay. I, I feel like we've covered a lot of the, Is there anything else that we've maybe left out that you want to cover? No, no, there's, there's always more to talk about, um, okay. but we could we could be seated discussing things all night. So Yeah, I mean, I can keep going through I, I before to, to tell people who um, are listening to this before this. I mentioned a couple of examples to you that I wanted to get to. Actually, one thing I will talk to you about is the Ukraine in a second. But just for people who are listening to this, there are examples that I'm not even going to go into. That were examples of misinformation because I know you study the right end of it. But there were examples of misinformation on the left that I wanted to talk about. But I feel like we've kind of covered the problematic aspect of the information over there. But I do want to talk to you about what is exactly the issue with um, the Ukraine war. And is that that's also affected the telegram uh, sphere. And uh, is it, and is it, and is there, so like a lot of people are coming after DuckDuckGo right now because they said they were going to derank sites that they know have ties to Russian media. Because Russian media is essentially an arm of propaganda. Yeah. And I still think that DuckDuckGo is a better product when it comes to looking. So for things that I wanted to refresh myself on before this interview, I use DuckDuckGo to find them from eight, then eight to 10 years ago before, like rather than Google. Um, Cause it's just Google is here's today's narrative. Here's, here's the, it's framed as, as far as it, goes for doing research for shit like this. We're framing this this way. Here you go. Um, so with the Ukrainian war, what have you seen in these far right spheres? Because I've seen people now, obviously, I, I've known people who are of Russian descent who have kind of been like, yeah, I kind of agree with what they're saying over there. And I know guys who are Ukrainian who are like, it's pretty crazy that people keep asking me how I feel about Ukraine. It's like the only reason I live here is because of how anti-Semitic Ukraine was. And then like Putin is kind of playing on that. But where does that ex like where does that exist on the spectrum of information versus misinformation in these spheres? Yeah, that is that is definitely a question, um, and and that's the thing. There is such a, a literal fog of war when it when it comes to the information. Um, it's it's almost impossible uh, to to unearth what is authentic information mm -hmm. um and that's one of the reasons why telegram was was very popular in the onset of the war um because uh, the the western news channels were were very much saying well they weren't saying but it was very much along the lines of no we are backing ukraine in this war um and perhaps if they if they had come out and said we are backing ukraine we are going to give them positive coverage because we don't like russia that might have helped issues, but it's where the, the, there's this idea that the news is a neutral arbiter of truth. Mm -hmm. um, and people were seeing things like the ghost of Kiev story that was going around. Which was, which was very fake. 
And people go, that's fake news. That is propaganda. We, mm-hmm. we know that's that's pro-Ukraine pro- propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, but because no one's admitting that, they're going, well, now I want to start looking for the proper the proper information. And people know that the Russian uh, news is, is pro-Russian uh, propaganda, but that's established. So they go, okay, well, where else can I now look for authentic information? That would be places like Telegram. That was there was a lot of stuff okay. there. Um, several several big news channels. Oh, uh, well, actually, there was a it weren't news channels. Several big channels um, that was that was putting out information, and it was putting out information without comment. It was just basically saying this is a video from this place in Ukraine. Make of it what you will. Um, however, that being said. It's unknown where that actually comes from. How was those bits of information manipulated or or not? Um, But because those channels are presenting themselves as being the alternative news or or like an alternative news network, they they gathered themselves a sense of authenticity. So it's very, very, very difficult to to unpick. Okay. So, all right. So with that, okay. So... There's this Amerocentric view that the Western news has kind of had of like there was a lot of saber rattling from the Biden administration in the lead up to this, uh, which our European allies were kind of anti. The U- Ukraine was Zelensky was talking against the Biden administration, but it was never talked about here. And it was it's one of these things like what I was talking about with the Trump stuff. Now, again, I probably wasn't going to go seek out more information on Telegram. I saw a lot of videos. I, I saw cool army videos on Twitter. That was yeah. enough for me. And I can discern what I'm seeing and I kind of understand what's going on. But like the fact that I was having these conversations with people where I'm going, I'm going, I don't think the U.S. should be saber rattling in the Baltics. It's like, oh, so like these are Putin talking points. Like, no, they're not. I just think we should listen to Zelensky because he's the president of the place. And that was in the beginning. And then people yeah. were going, see, they did invade. I was like, well, how much of that has to do with the saber rattling? We're not even having <laughs> yeah. that conversation. How much of that has to do with the gradual buildup of NATO over the, since the end of the Soviet Union? We, we're allowed that. We should have that conversation. Like, yeah. while still at the same time being like, okay, let's try to calm this down so that a lot of Ukrainians don't die. Yeah, and that's... And absolutely remove the fucking crazy anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic rhetoric that's coming out of the Russian shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and that was one of my big criticisms about coverage. Maybe not so much in the in the early opening phases, because that was always going to be uh, heavily emotional and 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 very shocked. Um, but there wasn't a, a real big push of of getting um, historians and military historians and military strategists to to sit on the news and say, this is how Russia does war. This is what war looks like according to Russia. This is their doctrine. This is how they work. You've got a lot of that on Telegram, a lot of that in the sort of radical information, misinformation spheres. But there really wasn't much of that on 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 uh, on Telegram. Um, so you get no, the sorry, on, on mainstream media. So you get the kernel of information, right? So that's inform that's real information, right? So you yeah. get this kernel of misinformation, this kernel of true information. And then because the pundits there, as you said before, irresponsible, they build on this to create this further narrative that moves their agenda and helps them make money. Yeah, very much so. Or, or if not money, then then uh, Twitter followers, likes, social media, kudos, mm-hmm. 
all of that stuff because there is that at play as well uh, which which we can't forget um that there may be people who support one narrative or support another because it gets them uh positive regard on on other social media platforms okay. um and at some point you can start leveraging your, your twitter account into into a revenue stream or a job opportunity or something like that anything so is monetized anything is monetizable nowadays literally yeah. anything so there's so many different different layers to the, the media ecosystem at the moment, which we didn't have when it was TV and radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we seem to still think that the Internet works like TV and radio. It's just a simple information delivery mm-hmm. system. Um, but there are there's so many factors at play. OK. All right. So I think we've, we've pretty much. So Dr. M Rook, at Dr. M Rook on Twitter. Is there any other social media? That's it. That's it. I'll try and keep myself off it as much as possible. And where can people follow the entire project if they want to keep if they want to keep updated? Follow me on on Twitter. Once that project is all done and finalized and the report is out, I'll definitely uh, definitely link it on there. All right, fantastic. Really great talking to you. Glad we could we could do this. We've been talking about doing it for a while, but great conversation. And again, Doctor M Rook on Twitter. Go follow that. Thanks, man. Thank you very much for having me. Show me the way. Tell you.